PH Turnpot is brought to you free courtesy of Anchor. On today's episode, we'll talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Red October is just a month away. We'll talk about the Phillies and their potential playoff berth. Eagles final preseason game reactions and final 53-man roster reactions. We'll continue our NFL predictions with the over-under game, naming playoff teams and making four bold predictions each. Finish things up with the uh, four-minute scramble, our W's and L's of the week, and top 10 running backs. But first, a word about Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 68, the Jordan Maialata episode of PA Turnpod. Joined as always by Joel. I am Rob. How are you today, sir? I'm pretty well. I'm a little tired, but I'm well. It's my last day off before I go back into the work week of Labor Day weekend. Yay. How about you? How are you doing? Seven Can't days complain. away. Seven days away from uh, the big day. Can't complain. Uh, I'm not too bad today. A uh, little under the weather, but I think uh, a lot of people are right now. Season changing? Not quite yet, but it's soon to happen. Yeah, that's probably all it is. It doesn't help that I'm like hot, cold, hot, cold between uh, being in my car with AC, without AC, and uh, the weather being so inconsistent. Living in the Northeast. That's what it is right now. Yeah, at this point. Imagine when... uh. September and October start rolling in. It's just going to be death. Yeah, then it's going to be really inconsistent. <laughs> you don't even know what to wear at that point. At that point, yeah, you just wear a hoodie. Bring a jacket just in case. Shorts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's absurd. It's absurdity. And an umbrella in your car. You never know when the rain might hit. Hold on one second. I just got like a fraudulent, <laughs> a fraud alert thing. Okay. Never mind. I'm logged into a couple of email addresses, both on my phone and my computer. Yeah. And I guess when I open up the browser on uh, on my home computer, it notifies my phone that someone's trying to log into my Gmail. Mm. So uh, I got like a fraudulent thing. I was like, oh, I hope I'm not getting hacked. Okay. Yeah, that happened to me the other day. Yeah, I it's logged, logged into my iPad and then my phone just like, hey. I'm like, oh, I know that person. That's me. You know what's weird is, um, so apparently my Gmail is linked to my YouTube account. Yeah. So when I log into Gmail on my like like my phone or anything, I get a, a YouTube notification that someone is logging in through Windows. I'm like, I'm not logging into YouTube. <laughs> it's a tricky situation now with cyber shit. I think I told you like about a month ago, I had like an email saying like, oh, someone's been trying to hack into my my bank account. Call this number or hit this link. Yada yada yada. I'm like, huh? So I go to my transactions nothing's been taken out look at my security it's you know too authorized settings all the yeah. all the above all the security top notch and i realized this is a fugazi ass email that i got and thankfully i didn't yeah. hit the link you got to click the uh the name of the person that sends it because it's usually like three f x w e and then it but it shows up as i've gotten people who, who i like I know from work, but I don't. Or I don't really know them, but like the people I work with, and they'll send me screenshots of emails they're receiving, and it says from me. Mm-hmm. But I say, all right, we'll click where it says like 
the address and it's like f e three x w something over and i'm like yeah don't click the link in there it's always like is this you and it's like a, a link to steal your identity i got um a fraudulent alert from my bank list like the first time they've ever done this i've spent during christmas time all these different times i spent like 200 bucks on this website 100 on this one 100 here i'd never get anything yeah last week i go to get gas my card gets declined i'm like that's weird and i get a text from santander and it's like did you spend here here and here and i'm like yeah <laughs> it's like right aid wawa and gnc and i'm like yeah that's me who would you, ever you flag, hit these you flag three, three yeah <laughs> three transactions under 50 bucks but i go and spend 200 bucks on amazon and i get nothing so yeah i get that fixed that priority they, can, yeah, they, they continue to be a terrible bank <laughs> spend money but if anything is less than 100 but actually don't something wrong something yeah. wrong here Death they'll probably just paper cuts they'll probably cancel it once you go like say a few days without spending it at all like what's wrong here yeah you didn't spend any money what's going on yeah right <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, right, I'm so just getting gas. I was sick, so opened up so I can put gas in my car. Yeah. Assholes. You did spend $400 on a breeds this month. <laughs> right. Um, but let's start this off. Uh, let's get this uh, little sad quick note out of the way. Uh, rest in peace yeah. to former Phillies GM Lee Thomas. Died at the age of 86. I believe it was natural causes. Uh, he was the GM for the Phillies from 1988 to 97. So he had, golden years. In, uh, he had a hand in putting together that 93 team everybody loved. Yeah, the golden years. And but, then uh, the, uh, the eight or nine years that they stunk. Yeah, I'm guessing it was, uh, it must have been Ed Wade that took over for him. Yeah, I think so. In 98. And then after Wade, it was Gillick. And then after Gillick, it was Amaro. And then so on and so forth. Amaro. Oh, yeah. Never liked the guy. Yep. He... No, I'll be honest with you. He was fine on commentary last year, I thought. But over time, he's become more and more annoying. Um, not to get sidetracked, but... So I was watching uh, Yankees-Angels the other night. This kind of ties into Amaro. It's not him directly, but it will. You'll understand the point when I get there. Um, so, so these announcers, they complain when guys don't bunt. They complain when guys strike out. So the other night, the Yankees have, um, I believe, second and third with either no outs or one out. And DJ LeMahieu bunts and a run scores. And Tom Verducci's whining on the broadcast. Why would you bunt there? Now they're not going to pitch the judge. I'm like, they just got to run. An offense that can't score runs just got to run on the board. <laughs> Honestly. And in a series that they dropped two out of three. So, I mean, it matters. And then I'm watching um, I'm watching the Phillies this week. I had the misfortune of watching uh, the two games that they lost and then not seeing any of the game they won. Um <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, Amaro's whining and complaining about the one the one knee down catching style that some of these catchers use now. So ah, it, if you're familiar with catching, some catchers will do uh, the one knee. Some will do kind of an offset with uh, just like the crouch, and then some will do kind of a squared crouch. The one knee is very good if you're trying to present the ball. If it's low and you want to present it as a strike, because you catch it low and you bring it up a little bit, mm -hmm. it's very good for that. You can get lower in your stance. Amaro hates it. Ben Davis hates it. Two guys that were terrible baseball players hate it. But I mean, major league baseball <laughs> players are doing it. He whines about that. And then he whines about launch angle. I'm like, this is just, I don't want to hear this. And then the, somebody, um, I'm almost positive. Somebody bunted on the Phillies and he had a problem with it too. It's like, pick your poison here. Like, I, I don't want opinions. This isn't like sports radio. Just tell me what happened and tell me why it happened. Well, he bunted there and I didn't like it. So I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and the Phillies don't feel nothing. A-Rod always wanted guys to bunt. He thinks that if you bunt, the ball goes over the fence. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's just, I guess they're not 
that good at their jobs. I mean, granted, it's a little difficult to do fill up time on air, but no one, really, like you said, no one really wants to hear that whining, yeah, I, complaining. It's part of the game. It is. Yeah, what it is. I, I, you sit down and watch the Phillies at nine forty at night. First of all, you're probably miserable because <laughs> this is your, you know, your spaghetti and meatballs. It's nine forty. You're trying to watch the Phillies before you fall asleep, and this guy is, you know, whining and complaining left and right. Like, no, just shut up and tell me what happened in the game. <laughs> A, one of Rob's gripes. One of many. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I can't stand it. Same thing with soccer. Same thing with any other sport. Even MMA, they'll be like, "Oh, I don't know why he's doing this." I'm like, "Dude, guy's uh, in the cage getting his ass kicked right now." <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> the he's reason just, he's making all this money. I know you're the professional at one point, but you should. Yeah. For, if anyone, you should understand why he's doing this. He's probably mentally broken. He's just trying to get out of there at this point. I love survive. when announcers announcers like rip apart a baseball player for making an error. Like, oh, I don't know why he went to the backhand there. Ball's coming off the bat at like 88 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour off the bat. You have like a half of a millisecond to make a, uh, a decision on how to feel the ball. Right. Uh, 99.999% of the population cannot make that play. And some shortstop, some poor guy on the Pirates booting the ball left and right like, Ben Davis talking about him in the booth is not going to do anything. We were at that Pirates game and on Bryce's return. Oh, God. I remember that play at second or short. Yeah, and the Pirates players. Ones. They were just like, oh, uh, who's covering this? And it just they were became, like, they were going to throw to the wrong base. Like, Yeah, it was a hot mess. So I'm sure someone ripped them up for that. But yeah. that's just well, a bad team just trying to get to the, you know, the kinks of it. Well, Kruk was on the broadcast that night so he was probably telling a story about well, how his friends and him like robbed a pizza parlor when they were 17 or something well you were telling me that he was more raving about uh bryson stott's walk-up music he just couldn't that's get like enough his of new it. thing it's like his flavor of the month every time <laughs> stott bats i really like that song <laughs> uh, but before we just dive naturally into the Phillies, let's just uh get this woge bomb that just happened yesterday admittedly after i finished doing this carving this wonderful rundown that you're about to listen for the next Beautiful, three hours well put together for the next three hours you listen to woge bomb hits as soon as i close the laptop hopefully that means they're listening twice yeah right <laughs> listen if you're gonna listen twice do it once on soundcloud and once on stitcher and if you want to do it a third time <laughs> listen on apple pods we don't get extra listens when you listen twice on the same app honestly um but yeah woge bomb man uh the cleveland cavaliers have acquired spider Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Cavaliers send a haul over to Utah. They send a, a box truck of picks. <laughs> Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen. I can't even pronounce this man's name, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, but Ocher A. What's I believe it's uh, Ochai Akbaji. There you go. Three or Oshai, maybe. Three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps is part of the deal going wow. to Utah. That is an insane, and that's just for Mitchell. Remember, they also gave up Gobert, and they got something yes, in return which, for that. Uh, I have a list of all the assets they acquired for both Mitchell and Gobert here. Oh, really? So okay. for Mitchell and Gobert, nobody else. They haven't even traded. They still have uh, Mike Conley. They still have Jordan Clarkson. They still have Rudy Gay. They still have some players they can move. Um, also, then they get rid of they got rid of Royce O'Neal earlier this offseason yeah, too. Yeah, they did. Sent him to the Nets. Um, so they still have some guys they can move on from. Bogdanovich is still there. Um, so just for Gobert and Mitchell, they got Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Leandro Bulmaro, Oshai Akbaji, who was the 14th pick in the draft, Walker Kessler, who was the 22nd pick, Jared Vanderbilt, 
Lowry Markinen, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, seven first round picks and three first round pick swaps. Jesus. Just for those two players. That's a haul. Uh, yeah. Now, this is going to be short sighted at the moment, but who won that haul? Hard not to say the Jazz. I mean, because they all have their own agenda here. Mm-hmm. I really don't understand the move from uh, Minnesota's point, uh, point of view. Getting Gobert to pair with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, I thought it made more sense for them to get Donovan Mitchell to pair with you know Anthony uh, Edwards, Edwards and, and D'Angelo Russell if you believe in him. I don't understand the whole Twin Towers thing. It hasn't worked in the NBA. Didn't really work for Davis and Cousins with the uh, Pelicans. Didn't work here with Horford. It just hasn't worked. Um, I think the biggest loser in all of this are the uh, the Knicks who had the opportunity <laughs> to put together a package to get a guy from New York that wanted to be there, but they were unwilling to trade Quentin Grimes, which is like absurd. They were willing to get rid of RJ Barrett. And I thought that contract extension last week was to set this up to get rid of Barrett. And it just didn't happen. That but was, who do you think, who do you think was the other uh, big winner out of all that? Oh, definitely Utah. Hard, not got, to, hard to argue, right? They got two players who didn't really gel well with each other. They both honestly didn't want to be there. And you just mentioned a guy from New York and Mitchell didn't want to go to New York, so you automatically knew your star, even though Gobert was out first, didn't want to be there anyway long term. So, yeah, hey, you got a good haul. You got a good young uh, group of guys, Laurie Marketing, Colin Sexton, and the other players you've mentioned, and picks galore, and you still have room with whatever you got for Royce O'Neal yeah. if you didn't trade him. You got Rudy Gay. You got Bogdanovich. He's probably going to be gone. And, and then Conley. and Conley. And Clarkson, Clarkson only Clarkson, makes thirteen love three. Clarkson. So Clarkson would be a good trade piece for any team that needs somebody off the bench. So I mean, Wendy was right. He knew. He knew something was going on. Yes, the double pointed fingers up. So I mean, uh, the the Jazz subsequently signed Colin Sexton to a four year contract extension worth, I believe, seventy four million dollars. Beautiful. So he appears to be a guy they're going to build around. He got paid. Uh, um, yeah, Markin and. Um, Give me if I'm incorrect, but has, he's been traded twice now, right? He was at the Bulls initially, right? And then went to the Cavs. That seems forget about who, right. Forget who he would have, would have been traded for. But yes, he seems like a good, like, yeah. a, like a stretch big that makes a lot of sense in today's NBA. Um, I don't know anything about Abaji, and I don't know anything about Ed, uh, the Kessler guy. But if you're getting two guys that were just first-round picks this, this summer, then uh, maybe... Maybe you're doing something right. Uh, the Jazz might be pretty sad to watch for a couple of years, but the fact that they have all of these players Apex. and all of these young players and a little bit more cap space, um, I wonder if they'll be in the running for uh, Le- uh, LeBron James Jr. in a couple of years and subsequently get uh, LeBron Sr. Possibly. Never know. Who knows? I still think Oklahoma City makes the most sense for that to happen. Uh, no idea what happens with that, though. Uh- <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, if we know anything about OKC, they just stockpile on draft picks. Yeah. So good for the Jazz, honestly. Built for the future. But they're not like dead in the water. They're not like a complete rebuilding mode like the Magic. That seems like they're never competitive. Mm. I feel like they're going to be good. Colin Sexton is a young, great player right now. Yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be competitive. I don't think they'll win. You know, you got veterans on the team. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but nah. they should be interesting. Now, so there's four teams now that have been in the – in the midst of these trades, and then one team on the outside that didn't do anything. 
Um, we kind of just touched on what Utah, what this means for Utah. Mm. What do you think it means for Minnesota having acquired uh, Rudy Gobert? Do you think this pushes them a little bit further into the playoff picture? Remember last year they were uh, like the, the, the like almost like a wild card kind of like NBA equivalent of a wild card. Yeah, they where they had in. to win the the play in. Yeah. Um, I don't. I just like you said. I think everyone's on the same page. We're just clueless and we have no idea what's going on in yeah. Minnesota because they weren't a a center away from advancing. No, you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's probably the best shooting three pointer in the league. Is a big maybe Embiid's right behind there, but yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, he's up there for sure. He's one of the more unique bigs. I mean, he won the three point shooting contest. Um, I yeah, I don't that one. I don't know Minnesota. That, that one kind of defensively me. on paper, great. I, I still think it's puzzling defensively. I, I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns has the foot speed to play the four on defense all the time and we've seen it in the past where Gobert gets played off the floor in the playoffs so I mean I guess it helps that they can have both of them at at any given time one of them on the floor you can kind of stagger their minutes um, in the playoffs which was like the whole idea with the Embiid Horford thing when that when that kind of blew up in their face but like you play them you figure they're both going to play 30 minutes that means there's going to be about uh, what like maybe 18 minutes of uh, overlap between them and start the game with them yeah you can play them together but like at any given time down the stretch of one on the floor at all times gobert's a good rim protector but i think it's still it's still confusing to me why they traded for him i think in my heart of hearts this is a Kawhi leonard not situation but like a one-year rental let's see what we can get out of him let's see if his stock can get you know raised and he's a trading piece at this point who's this gobert yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would think because so. he's a coveted, he's a coveted piece. They have for to a team play that the needs long it. game. Yeah, so. I'm surprised. I really thought he made sense going to um, the Mavs. Uh, yeah, the Mavs would have made sense. I thought Atlanta made some sense for him too, because he's mm. kind of like a he's like Capella, just like an upgraded version of Capella. So if they would have received Capella in return, and I, I remember reading who was it, John Collins was supposed to be in some sort of a trade. Yeah. Um, I, which is confusing because I really like John Collins too as a player. I don't know why they don't like him down there in Atlanta. He just got paid um, too. Yeah, he just got paid, and they also just brought in Dejounte Murray. So I mean, that team could have been fun. I don't um, know what's going on? <laughs> I I prefer them with Capella because I don't really like Gobert, but I thought that made more sense for them. Or even a team like Brooklyn, it really didn't have an identity for a little bit there. I thought it would have made sense for them to go out and get him uh, and get Gobert, maybe bring in some defensive identity because you have uh, Simmons. I. I I guess uh, you would assume he's going to play this year. But that's the thing. They probably wouldn't do that because so Embiid was a, the center, so it would have been the same issue. Yeah, but at the same time, you still have a guy who can anchor the wing and then anchor the paint. I, I'm just spitballing. I don't think he for made sure. it, any sense for the Knicks because especially if they were interested in Mitchell, imagine if they send Mitchell with Cobert. <laughs> hey, this is the trade. We're going to send you both somewhere. If anything, it's that like would have been... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like if when uh, when Butler demanded a trade for the Timberwolves, if they would have just sent Wiggins with him. That's what it would have been like. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's, that would have been the, the next thing to do, is bring in Gobert yeah. and Mitchell. Bring both of them at the same time. Get rid of Mitchell Robinson and then Dunbar J. Barrett. You're basically the Jazzy East. I'm still surprised they still have Julius Randle of the yeah. tor- turmoil that he had with the fans. I So... The, the other two teams, well, I guess we should just tackle the Knicks now yeah, because we're already on them. But what does this mean for the Knicks? Because they did nothing this offseason. They brought in, um, well, I guess they didn't do nothing, but they brought in Jalen Brunson. So their starting five presumably is going to be Brunson. Oh, they're a top three um, team now. 
You think so? No. Because <laughs> they have they Robinson think. at the five, they've Randall at the four, then you got Barrett, then you got Brunson, and then you got whoever else you want to start like, quickly. Maybe I don't know who else they would play. Um, I would take a look at the roster. They still have Fournier. Yeah, I believe so. Take a look at their roster. So Brunson is listed as their point guard. Um, Evan Fournier is listed as their starting shooting guard. Then Barrett, uh, Randall, and Robinson with guys like Toppin, um, Isaiah Hartenstein. They got Reddish still. Uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, although Reddish wants a trade, according to um, something I read on Twitter the other day. He, I'm just uh, looking wants, at it. Yeah. He wants a larger role. Derek Rose coming off injury. Emmanuel quickly is a young. So they have guys. But for them not to want to trade Quentin Grimes after a season of six points and two assists, in 17 minutes off the bench. Um, I think that's absurd. Uh, if they were going to trade Barrett, you can't argue that they should have kept Grimes. Yeah. Like, I just think that's stupid. Uh, the next, we'll do next things. Yeah, that's that's probably the best way to chalk it up. James Doyle has to go, whatever his name is. He's got to go. It's just a new regime it has to be changed up there in New York for the next anyway. I mean, you're not going to have guys that are going to go over there if just nonsense happens every year. You're not doing anything for that band. What, Jalen Brunson's going to propel you to the, over the top? Yeah, no. Brunson is a uh, he's a weird one. I, he was I the s- great piece for the Mavs, for that Mavs team last year. Yeah. Comes in with, so, I forget the other guy's name, comes in midseason, performs out of his mind. Great. Got a bag for it. Good for him. Goes, worked with his dad in New York. But he is not the... You know, the guy that gets you over the hump. Yeah, I think he's the guy you add to the core that you already have. I think if they mm-hmm. go out and they get, um, I think Dinwiddie's one of the guys you're thinking of. Um, but I think with if they go out, if they would have gone out and gotten Mitchell and then brought in Brunson, that maybe moves the needle a little bit for you, depending on what you do with Barrett. But mm-hmm. I, it's, it's confusing to me, too. I, I don't think that Brunson moves the needle for me at all. Not at all. I mean, he's he's, a, he's an upgrade over what you had. Yeah. But what you had wasn't very much to be doing. So I guess he, he helps them. But does that make them a contender? Or does it just make them a playoff team that gets bounced in the first or second round? I mean, Christ, they went, what, almost 10 years without making the playoffs. They get in, they win one game, and then they get beaten in five by the Hawks. <laughs> That's the thing. I, we'll see what the Knicks do. I mean, it is what it is. Like, yeah. They're just, then, at this point, a laughing stock. They are. And um, uh, lastly, the uh, the last piece of all this, uh, and weirdly enough, the team that probably got you know, better, the most out of all these teams are the Cavs. What do you think this means for them? Because this is a little confusing to me, too, for them. Because it feels like they already have enough combo guards on that team. They got, I mean, Darius Garland, I think, has a higher ceiling than Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty ball dominant. You have Karis LeVert, who is also pretty ball dominant when he's healthy, when he's on the floor. And then you bring in Donovan Mitchell, who might be the most ball dominant of the three. In addition, you have Ricky Rubio there. Um, you Evan still Mobley. have. Yeah, you got Mobley there. You have Isaac Okoro. And I like their their centers. I like Jared Allen. I like Robin Lopez. But And Kevin Love's still there for whatever he's worth. Chetty Osman, they have a decent team. They do. And, and they didn't really like pull from their immediate depth, I guess. They really only traded like two guys that'll help with Markinen and, um, and Sexton. Sexton. So, I mean, it makes sense care. to cash in right now, but long term, it might hurt. Uh, it's just a little bit weird. I don't. I don't really understand the fit there. Me neither. I didn't. Ex- he doesn't play any defense either, Mitchell. When I saw Cleveland, like what third team, what third team got in there to make this happen? Like who? Did, who else did Cleveland get yeah. besides Mitchell? 
Yeah, you um, thought there would be another like a win, like Jay Crowder ends up there too, like, or so, even like Clarkson. That. I don't know something. Yeah, like it was just weird. Um, for Cleveland, good for them. I mean, yeah. you get fan base, you get tickets now. That was a great surprising team. They were like top yeah. three. They were fun, but part of the allure with them was the fact they had Sexton and Garland. And I don't know yeah, if Sexton's true. one of those guys that was like a mere, like him or me kind of thing. Yeah. But it's worth they would dump him. I guess they didn't want to pay him, so it makes sense that way. But so you pay someone else who's more expensive. Pay, pay an older guy, yeah. But I think I they thought were Miami made the most away. sense for him for Mitchell. <sighs> that would have been nice. Because upgrading Tyler Hero to Donovan Mitchell would have been fine, and then they can throw in whatever picks they want, or you know, Gabe Vincent or uh, uh, the 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 twi- uh, the Martin twin. They they could have made it work and not you know pull too much of their immediate depth. Yeah, Whereas throwing. Cleveland, Throwing a Haslam in there, why not? Yeah. Has he made a decision yet? He's treating this like he's LeBron. The decision. Part two. Um, but yeah, Cleveland, they're fun. They're gonna be a fun team. Well, it's gonna be interesting how the ball handling happens, especially crunch time, fourth quarter. Who gets the ball? Who's the big shooter? Let's see if uh Donovan Mitchell can play nice with his new teammates. If it's not if it doesn't work there, then he's the problem. And that will be his uh label from here on out. Uh, apparently, uh, Pat Riley said the Miami Heat will retire Udonis Haslam's number. Of course, <laughs> he's one of the goats, right? Oh, he so he did announce he'll be back. Ah, okay. He joins Kobe and Dirk as the only NBA players to play twenty or more seasons for a single franchise. He was probably going to retire, and then someone told him that like I can be there with Kobe and Dirk. Fuck. I can make money to nothing. Somebody tweeted that uh, he had more Gatorade passes than uh, basketball passes last year. <laughs> Oh, the internet. You want to quickly uh, split the, you know, insert the purdle here? Oh, we'll knock yes. this out real quick and then we'll jump into the fills and then we'll do our, uh, our football stuff. Yeah. Why not? Let's go for it. All right. So we're simultaneously playing. The now, court. with the purdle, usually any breaking news that's surrounding the NBA, a purdle guy gets in there Fair. either before or after. Like the one guy we got, we didn't know, he becomes in the news days later and gets traded. <laughs> I forget who that was, but. I'm, I'm just gonna go. Oh, for it. it was um, who? It was a guy from uh, from Nova, uh, Eric Pascal. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> well, Colin Sexton is still on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, just throwing that out there. I don't know what's going. On. Yeah, Mitchell's still uh, on Jazz in here. Ah, it's Bojan. No, it's not. Mm. Thank you. What is his name? Ain't no way, boy. Oh, I think I am close. I have his division and his former team. I keep getting the same conference and position, but nothing else. Not even the division. Let me think. Um... What's his name? Riveting stuff here on the podcast. Oh, I got it. Damn it. Tough one. Uh, I didn't realize he was on it. Silhouette sucks. I I didn't realize this guy was on the team he's on now. Might as well just tell me. I'm at the end. He's on the Rockets. Yeah, that was never on my list. The the armpit of the NBA. (laughs) 
I still don't have it. I'll just put Jalen. All right, who is it? It's uh, Sterling. it's Sterling Brown. Who? I knew Sounds him. Like a football player. I knew him from the Mavs. I knew him from I think the Bucks. Uh, I went Siakam, Donovan Mitchell, uh, the the wrong Bogdanovich. I meant to do the one on the Jazz. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then I did the I did the Atlanta one. Then I did Dorian Finney-Smith. So I was like, you know, let me take a shot in the dark here. And that got me uh, this guy's former team and then his current division. So that didn't help me at all, but I just put Sterling Brunk. I knew he was a map. So there you go. See, this one screwed me. I did Donovan. I did uh, Kyle Sexton, then Donovan Mitchell, Ron Bogdanovich. But then I realized oh, you, did, it wasn't, you did the, the Hawks did, one too? Yeah. I meant to do the Jazz one. But then as I did the Bogdanovich, I realized, wait, Mitchell's still on the Jazz. And it wasn't yeah, the jazz they would be on the same team anyway, which makes no sense. So then I hit Pat Beverly because I thought he was a Laker, but he's still a Jazz according to this. That threw me off. Then Buddy Heald, Ricky Rubio. I don't know where I was going with that. Kevon Looney was just a throwout. And then Jalen Smith. The wrong Jalen, apparently. What? One of my friends just asked me, do you think the Jazz would take Cork Moss for Clarkson? I said, there's no shot. <laughs> I said, if they listen to the podcast, they'll think they're getting a six-man candidate for an actual six-man. <laughs> hey, man, I would, if I was the Sixers, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I don't know. I like Cork Moss. Uh, Clarkson would be interesting, though. He's like Lou Williams, just bigger. Yeah, if you like, if you like uh, Cork Moss having real estate on the bench, yeah, it's a good move to keep him. <laughs> He's paying but, rent. Yeah, <laughs> Gordon wants to be the perfect. He's the when I saw the thing about uh, them trying to put the the 76ers arena in Center City, I was mm-hmm. like, who's the most likely player currently to hang out in Center City on the team? And Cork Moss for some reason was the first one that came. Him and Thibel, the first two that came to mind. Nah, Thibel's too. Uh, he's like, nah, nah. Maxi strikes me as like a uh, like a Main Street kind of guy. At <laughs> beaten hard and just go to like strip clubs near 95, and. Harris just goes like to the library or something. No, he's a ghost. He's just out and about. <laughs> In the playoffs, he just turns into a ghost, which is weird because the season starts around Halloween time. Oh, perfect. He'll have a masterful game then. All right. So the Phillies, <clears throat> a little bit of news. They have added uh, they added an Italian to the team. Italian. Uh, they, they acquire former Blue Jays reliever Vinny Natoli in the late August trade before the expanded roster deadline of August 31st. Uh, Vinny Natoli actually had a weird 14 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio in AAA, which begs the question why was he not in the major leagues? I guess we'll find out soon when he comes in and walks everybody. Um, <laughs> he is eligible to play in the postseason, not that he necessarily will, but he at least bridges a little bit of that gap in the bullpen now that Canable's out. Um, and Dominguez should be back soon, but is still out. Um, uh, Donnie Sands was called up as well. The He'll be the third catcher on the roster. Um, I thought for sure it would be Yairo Munoz that comes up. But from what I understand, Munoz and Hall, Derek Hall, had to be in the minors at least 10 days prior to being called back up. So it's likely that Sands is on the roster for a few days, maybe to give um, Romuto a little bit of rest, or maybe even get Hoskins off his feet. Maybe Romuto plays some first base. Really? And uh, and Stubbs will catch a little bit. Who knows? I'm just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. But Sands will be on the roster for a few days or maybe just an extra guy to, you know, sit in the bullpen and catch the relievers. I don't know. But I would imagine Derek Hall or Yairo Munoz will probably be called up soon, or even Camargo, um, and Sands will be sent back down. Uh, the Phillies are currently 73-58, and 58, 15 games over 500, a plus-80 run differential. They're 48-29 under Rob Thompson. Ten back of the Mets, seven back of the Braves. 
Um, they're the second wild card, seven back of the Braves um, for the first wild card, a half game over the Padres, two and a half ahead of the Brewers, and then 10 up on the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Um, the Brewers seem to be the only threat to the Phillies in terms of teams on the outside looking in. Yeah. Padres maybe will overtake them, but who knows? I mean, didn't help dropping two of the D-backs, and now you're walking into this weekend versus the Giants in San Fran. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Um, not to get sidetracked, but mm-hmm. um, another team that's really kind of like falling out of control right now, the, the New York Yankees. They're five up in the loss column over the Rays, and they got three coming up at the Trop this weekend. Um, I have a crazy stat for you that I'll probably forget by the time we get to any part that is uh, any part of the pod that might be appropriate for it. The New York Yankees were the first team to get to seventy wins this year, and the new and the Los Angeles Dodgers have ninety wins before the Yankees got to eighty. So it's been a rough kind of been a little bit of a rough uh, week and a half. Joey Gallo's ghost continues to haunt them. Yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, Gallo still killing it with uh, with the Dodgers, and he actually um, I'm going to throw him into my W later because uh, that gives me an impromptu W I can throw the uh, in the pot. Perfect. A man who was struggling to get two has now has several. I got three and one L now, so there you go. <laughs> I got it figured out. That's a, I think that's a good sweet spot. Maybe no more three of each for me. Um, the last week or so since we last spoke, they are uh, three and three in their last six. They beat the Pirates on Friday. Uh, Bailey Falter was decent. The offense came alive. Uh, they were up 7-0, almost blew it. Um, Bryce Harper came back, got a two-run single in his first at-bat back. Like you mentioned earlier, the Bases Pirates just loaded, like, by the way. Yeah, the Pirates just kind of like wet their diapers all over the, all the, all over the infield in the first inning. Uh, then Saturday, they won 6-0. Gibson was terrific, uh, which seems to be a recurring theme for him. And then Sunday, uh, another disaster as uh, – <laughs> Noah Syndergaard once again just doesn't miss any bats. Did he give him three triples in that game? I he think did. he did. <clears throat> I wouldn't put it past them. I'm almost positive he did. Uh, Monday and Monday was awful. I don't know how to classify. It. I don't even know how to do it justice. They had a seven nothing lead and they lost thirteen seven. Just absolutely speechless. Like what the happened? The most like the most under the radar collapse of the season is them going up seven nothing in like the fourth inning and then losing thirteen seven. Then they lost twelve three. On Tuesday, uh, Brandon Marsh had his first homer as a Philly. Uh, Nick Maton pitched. Uh, Nola seems to be falling apart as the season ends. They should probably throw him on the Phantom IL. Say he's got like a bleak strain <laughs> or something and just give him a week off. Yeah, get it together. Uh, then Wednesday, they just come out. Apparently, Bailey Falters, the the stopper on this team. Anytime they're in a losing streak, he pitches and they win. <laughs> he so, does it again. Him. Yeah, it's good for him. They win 18 2. Uh, I think it's like the first time in 100 years the Philly scored 18 runs, didn't have a single homer. Um, every single player in the starting lineup had at least two hits and one RBI, which is crazy. That's an insane stat. What Give are the it. odds? Hey, I love it. They're seeing the ball. They're hitting. Yeah. Playing small ball. That's what you got to do in the playoffs. Yeah. Can't win it all by the long ball, you know? Um, speaking of Falter, I have uh, the franchise. Finally, I did the franchise vote on MLB uh, The well, Chef. That's great. It's a game Dude, changer. When you tell me I can sim the season and play Crucial, Oh, Game yeah, the, the critical moments are awesome. It, it'll let you yeah. know when it's like the eighth inning, you're up 2-1, and there's like two runners on. I've had maybe five complete game shutouts. <laughs> I've hit maybe three walk-off home runs with my guy Cletus Little. <laughs> Bryce Hopper hit the cycle. And then since I'm the GM as well, just before the September deadline, just like the, the one we just mentioned, I brought up Falter. <laughs> And he pitched in the World Series. Oh, jeez! And got a complete game shutout. 
Oh my god! And he went through the tenth inning. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, he's on pitch eighty-eight pitches in ten innings. This is work he's doing out here." But yeah, Falter has been pretty good. Good. Yeah, he's been pretty somehow, some way, he's makes it happen. Probably oh, the worst pitcher on, on the lineup. TV? Yeah, that's why I mentioned oh, it there. Just want to God's sake, <laughs> get your reaction. <laughs> I'm gonna watch on Dofu, I guess. Kate, Katie Nolan. Tell Do you me. have Apple TV, by the way? She offers nothing to the broadcast. I'm sorry. She offers greatness to the She does nothing. Stop. Just stop. Dude, there was a play, the game that we went to, the Mets game. Alec Bohm made a bare hand play. Sensation. And the announcer was just like, wow, good play by Bohm. She goes, the confidence. I'm like, what are you doing? Why, why, are, you, why are you here? She did a game in Boston last week, and she just like kept talking about how she's from Boston. I'm like, From Boston. What are we doing here? Khakis. Um, well, you got to get to the cop. was on. I didn't realize it was on. It's probably at ten o'clock anyway, so I won't be up anyway. Yeah, they're, I think they're all ten o'clock games. Oh God! Because it's West Coast. Oh, that's Sunday. Time. Better not be ten o'clock. Oh, that's probably seven forty-five. Sunday so we got ten fifteen tonight. Four oh five tomorrow. Naturally, I'm working over the close. Won't be able to watch the game. And Sunday four oh five. I like a Sunday four oh five game. Gross. I don't mind that because by the time it ends, you got the Sunday night baseball game on. We oh, got yeah. college football all weekend too. I might not. People, no, because I'm thinking about my work. They'll have to come back from the West Coast. I have to unload that plane, but they might just be after 10 p.m. when they get home. Yeah, because that game won't be over till like 7 or 8 o'clock. Yes, By the time they go. get back here, it'll be around midnight. So, uh-huh. All good. But, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, this is going to be pivotal matchups Yeah, this is before big. and during because you drop two or three with the D-backs. Granted, ten and a half. So are the Giants ten and a half. But D-backs were not ten and a half. They were ten and a half after the series. So, and now you got the Giants right after them. And like you said, the Brewers are like the closest. And the Padres, if they can actually get over the hump, and now you got three with the Marlins after the Giants at home against the Marlins. Yeah, they got to fight off, which we will be in attendance for one of those games. Yes, they have to fight off the uh, the Brewers, which right now looks like they're winning the hater trade, which is absurd. Given the circumstances of that trade, I know, right? Um, so we got pitching matchups for this weekend. We got uh, Kyle Gibson against Alex Cobb in the battle of former number one prospects who are like kind of not good. Um, Noah Syndergaard versus Jacob Junis, Ranger Suarez against Carlos Rodon, and then the Marlin series. <laughs> uh, we got Aaron Nola versus Jesus Lazardo, uh, Anonymous versus some guy named Rogers, and then. Kyle Gibson versus Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara has pitched against the Phillies like a hundred times this year. We've have tagged them before, so yeah. I hope that's not the game we're going to. Because then they'll lose. I think they'll lose two nothing. I think we did a preview, and like yeah, the game they're definitely going to lose is Alcantara. They ended up winning that game. Oh yeah, they won that game. Lost the other. Looks like we will be in attendance for Gibson versus Alcantara. Yeah, sensation. Let's go. Six forty-five on Thursday. Oh man. I think it'll be epic. I think Bryce Harper is going to go tee off on Alcantara. Playing he's probably the know. best pitcher. Still waiting on him to hit a homer. It, it, when, when he hits them, they they, they kind of go in bunches. He's yet to hit one since he came back. So they I rushed him. We'll, we'll see what happens. They I think they did rush him, uh, but they, they kind of needed him. Every time he bats, I go, oh, that's right, he's back. I keep forgetting he's back. I know. And then when he comes back, if he still hasn't hit a home run in this, and granted, uh, what is it, Oracle Park? 
Yes. Oracle Park is a giant ballpark. So if he doesn't need tower one over I there. I see what you did there. It's a giant ballpark. I see. Come on. It's the giant ballpark. The giant Good. ballpark. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. If he doesn't hit one over there, definitely when he comes back, every at-bat, people are going to be on their feet waiting for the first bomb from Harper. Yeah, Citizens Bank Park is a Philly ballpark. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's got a shot. Yeah, so uh, the only home run I remember him hitting in uh, in Oracle was a couple of years ago when the fan was yelling overrated at him, and then he had a bomb and yes. pointed at the fan, and they turned into a TikTok. <laughs> I did see that the other day, too, ironically. Hey, man. Um, where will this team land in the standings, in the wildcard standings, by next week after six games with Giants and Marlins, respectively? Um, I hope that they're still the second wildcard. Kind of sidetrack. My dog is like staring at a fly. Um, <laughs> I hope they're still the second wild card. I had to look at the. Uh, we we read off the the schedule for the Padres last week, and it's like really not favorable. I have to look at see what, who they're playing the next handful of games. Yeah, it does come true. down to what they're doing. Um, I think the Phillies should be able to take at least two out of three against the Marlins, and then you got to hope they take one out of three against the um, against the Giants. The Padres have the Dodgers, Arizona, and then the Dodgers again by the time we talk next week, and then Seattle next week, uh, two weeks from now. So they don't exactly have a cakewalk between now and then. Yikes. So as long as the Phillies at least stay 500 over the next handful of games, the Padres, who have kind of gotten sunned by their big brother, the Dodgers, lately, I think they are probably going to be maybe one game, maybe two lower in the standings by the time next week rolls around. I, that's not too bad. I'll do you one better, though. The Milwaukee Brewers, bro. They have a three. They have a four game. Huh? They have a four game series in Arizona. Well, three games, actually. Excuse me. Well, they're not the Phillies, so they should be able to beat bad teams. No, but since they're close that they want outside looking in, if the Phillies don't take care of business, or the Padres for that matter, the Brewers can sneak in because they got Colorado, then two with San Fran, then Cincy. Uh, they have a pretty good schedule going forward then. And then they host both New York teams back-to-back series. Uh, so they have a good good stretch and then a bad stretch. The uh, That Mets series should be a barometer for how good the, uh, the Brewers really are. Honestly. It all depends how the pitching stacks up. you got to hope for them. They don't have to see Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back. <laughs> that would be death. Because that's terrifying. But, yeah, the Brewers, they can get hot. They've gotten hot before yeah. in the past. They have a really interesting team. I like their I like their rotation and I like their lineup a lot. It's just like a an interesting configuration. I have to double check, but I think Christian Yelich is hurt. Um, I believe he just went down with an injury, uh, which I mean he's not Christian Yelich as much as he was you know four or five years ago, but he's still Christian Yelich. So him going down is is a is a problem for the team that he's on. Do you think they uh, make a call to Ryan Braun? Hebrew Hammer? I uh, I don't think so. He's cheated plenty for them. <laughs> yeah, he has a neck injury. Oh, shoot. Oh, that's not good at all. That's that's like, that's kind of scary, honestly. Oh, no. According to MLB.com, Christian Yelich exit series opener with neck injury Ooh. 11 hours ago. Not good. Uh, speed recovery to that young kid. Yeah, really. Trying that my best to figure out how I can uh, sneak somebody into my fantasy lineup. I just picked up Oswald, uh, Oswald Peraza, the uh, the shortstop the Yankees just called up. And I'm trying to fit him in, but he doesn't play the same position as Anthony Rizzo. Uh, first world problem. 
Speaking of uh, that, I gotta do my NFL draft. I gotta make one. I gotta join in somebody's. I haven't done one. I'm like, ah, I'll do one. Uh, they're Why fun. Not? I'm, I'm in. Uh, I'm in eight leagues this year. Oh, and, uh, and two of them have not. I have a draft tomorrow night, and then a draft on Thursday next week. Then I'm done. Now or Tuesday, I beg your pardon. Tuesday, Tuesday next week. Now with multiple drafts, do you go with the same lineup? So, so I've I've asked I've asked my friends this too because they do multiple too. Two of them I already have a team in place because they're dynasty leagues. Okay. Uh, one of them is a league for free. Another one is basically free, so I kind of don't care. But I try to not have the same everybody because last year, so the um. I call it the Mike Davis award because last year I drafted Mike Davis in a bunch of leagues and then he stunk. Uh, the Mike Davis award nominee this year is Cortland Sutton because he's the guy I've had in most oh, of my man. leagues already. And uh, Brandon McManus, the kicker from the Broncos. I, I try not to like my quarterbacks right now. I believe I have Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers, and Dak Prescott are my quarterbacks in like my main leagues. So I have a pretty, like a pretty spread out thing here. Um, I don't have, I have not had a top three pick in any league yet. So I don't have on any of my teams. I don't have Austin Eckler, Christian Mary McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then who's the other guy I was trying to think of? I don't have Dalvin Cook in any leagues. So like Austin I'm Eckler, a top, top four. He's been a top three fantasy back the last like five years. Not on this list today, yeah. buddy. Not on yeah. this list. Which is an interesting topic I can't wait to get to because the running back list will have much variance. More so than the quarterback and uh, wide receiver list. And trust me, after today's episode, I will go back, listen to our past two weeks, my top 10 quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs, and I'll make a draft order for when I join the draft. I'm like, so, right, I already know what I'm going uh, with. If I can offer you one piece of advice, is do not, do not take a quarterback too early. Oh, no. It's the biggest mistake everybody does in fantasy. They take the Mahomes. Because Mahomes is sitting there, Allen's sitting there. The number of points you're going to get from Running Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr is not going to be a vast disparity. Yeah, honestly. Because I've had Matt Stafford like the last five years in fantasy, and he's been fine. He's like the eighth quarterback, and he's always been fine. So don't reach for a quarterback. That's my advice to you. Which leads us to our final sport of the day but football. i should get justin tucker though early yeah i mean he, he's the kicker but he wants your face was like uh, there are times what? i don't i if the league allows for it i will not draft a kicker or defense you just pick them up on waivers just pick them up on waivers because you can stream a kicker every week they're, they're a crapshoot and defenses the bills defense is the first defense off the board right now they're projected to have the lowest point total of any defense and for uh, week one because they play the rams I'm telling you. You don't want to have three points from your defense week one when you could have had a running back or receiver in that spot. That's true. If McPherson becomes available, I'm telling you, man, repeat of last year, the Bengals are going all the way. I still can't believe they went to the Super Bowl. Your guy, Joe Burrow, is going to prove you wrong. I think he's out there for blood, just to prove you wrong. Average players and prima donnas and guys that used to be on good teams. I think Joe Burrow, on his, like, time off from his busy schedule listens to his podcast specifically to hear what you have to say and then just goes out there and just proves you wrong you are bulletin board material for him i surprised you can read with the lsu <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. so we got uh eagles will so six days from now is the first game of the nfl season nine days from now is the uh Open first weekend. game of the eagle season and like the opening sunday uh the eagles got destroyed on I believe Saturday last week Yikes. by the Dolphins in the preseason. They lost by uh by thirty eight. 
and it was 27 nothing after the first half. Um, I didn't watch any of it. It looks like none of the real players played, but the no, Dolphins played a couple of their regulars, so the score doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see any of it? Do you have any bright spots you want to touch on? Um, I had to go on my my ESPN app and turn off the notifications because yeah, it just kept going off, and I'm like 27 nothing, 34 nothing, 40 nothing, 48 nothing. What's going on out here? Um, I don't make too much of it because, like you said, I don't think the starters offensively played anyway. And I'm curious to see if the defense played in the first half, like the very first series when Tua was out there. Because if they did, that's not a good sign if you have Tua and Hill already just bombing over there on your on your starting defensive like backfield back there. I not doubt good, that they did, but I doubt it. So. Not too much of anything. Um, just glad that it's over with and they can proceed to make some cuts. And boy, did they ever! Yeah. Because what is it? Oh wait, I don't think I have it here. Oh yes, we'll get to it later. Later, but they did a significant trade, and they called up. They got a claimed a guy off of waivers to make their 53 man roster. But uh, I found an article on ESP, on Eagles Insider by Ruben Frank on NBC Sports. Apparently, get this, Rob. Only eight of the fifty-three guys on the Super Bowl roster of twenty before twenty eighteen. The remaining eight Super Bowl players are Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Isaiah Samola, Rick Lovato, Derek Martinet, and Jake the Snake Elliott. You can make the argument that Rick Lovato is better in his job than any Eagles players at his. Uh, someone's awakened from his slumber. <laughs> uh, I believe Benny the Jet did not like the <laughs> the flagrant tone that Rob had for him. <laughs> there he is, the Jet awakened. He's a lot like, of dogs in the neighborhood. Um, so they had don't blame it on the neighbor's dog. You were gonna uh, rip someone. Because <laughs> he smells like cat that just moved in. Uh, so all five of their 2022 draft picks made the team, as uh, you might expect. They're also the only team in the NFL that has three undrafted free agents on the roster, three undrafted rookies on the roster. Um, yeah. Josh Joby, uh, Reed Blankenship, and I forget the offensive lineman's name, but three undrafted rookies is pretty unprecedented, and it seems to happen a lot. You know, Corey Clement was like the best player in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Yeah. He was an undrafted player. Uh, I believe Josh Adams had an impact here. He was undrafted. They've played of undrafted players that have made the team, which is, I think, a Howie Rosen thing. Um, they also have seven of their, I'm sorry, eight of their nine 2021 draft picks made it. Uh, Jacoby Stevens was the odd man out, and seven of their 10 2020 picks made it, uh, with one of them having been traded. <laughs> oh, one Jalen, Jalen Rager. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, but in all, there are 33 Eagles draft picks on the roster, which is 62% of the roster, according to this, uh, news article on NBC sports. And it's all built through the draft. So credit to Howie Roseman and the front office of the Eagles they are building through the draft. And conversely, they've gotten younger. They're probably yeah. one, if one of, if not the youngest squad in the league. And they were one of the older teams a couple of years ago. Exactly. And speaking of that, they also got money because you let go of these veterans making a certain yeah. amount of money, bringing some youth in there. 
And what? they were in a very precarious spot a couple of years ago with the salary cap. Dude, that was and they've rough. kind of figured it out. That Wentz contract, having to eat so much of that last year really hurt them. But getting a draft pick in uh, in exchange for losing him certainly helps. And then they had to rebuild Fletcher Cox situation. That was also a topic of discussion. Um, Brandon Brooks, he's gone. So, I mean... Hey, and according to the article, 72% of this team, which is 38 of the 53, are 26 years old or younger. Which is that exciting. Is, that is staggering, but it's Pro- exciting for sure. problem is one of those guys is probably that really crappy punter that they have that they have to consider moving on from. He sucks. If you're, yeah. if you're a punter and you can't kick the ball straight, what good is that? It's like a catcher that can't catch. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. One job. Right. It's like having a deaf coordinator. Unless they have him for his arm for these uh, fake punts or we leg. Have, we have a trade, two trades to talk about. Um, Do it. So, so one departure and one arrival. The arrival pretty exciting. They bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from yeah. the Saints. Very interesting uh, a safety. And the, the picks that they gave up are comparable to the picks that they received when they traded away Jalen Rager to Minnesota. Um so they got for him a bag of donuts. Hopefully they were hostess. Uh, a seventh <laughs> round pick and a conditional fourth, which so it's a fifth that can become a fourth. Which is um, good. Depending Better on his thought. playing time. Uh Rager's oh, good call. Rager returns week two of Monday Night Football when we will be in attendance. Yes. That's exciting. Um so they sent J uh JJ Ortega Whiteside to DK Metcalf's team earlier in the offseason. And they just sent Jalen Rager to J uh Justin Jefferson's team. The players that we would have gotten in return. In addition to Possibly. this, they uh, they claimed off of waivers uh, the Saints quarterback Ian Book from Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. This is a couple days after they tried to get Kellen Mond, who was put on waivers by Minnesota. They placed a claim on him, didn't get him, but they wound up with Ian Book. Uh, do you kind of like having the three quarterbacks on the roster, or what's your thoughts? My guess is he probably just won't dress for games. The Eagles like to only dress two QBs, so it seems like uh, Minshew and Hertz will dress, or maybe it's possible that they trade Minshew. Ah, uh, no, I would never trade Minshew. He's beloved in there. Um, I'm still surprised that they traded for him in the first place. That was, yeah, especially after you just gave Jalen Hurts the, the job. Um, I like having three quarterbacks on the roster because you never know. You never, never know. Now, do you put stock in the third string quarterback as in like, I don't know, like a Joe Flacco or something, a veteran? Probably not. Get someone young, have them, you know, learn, not dress and just be a part of the team. But I know some people don't like it. They're like, no, just have two quarterbacks on the roster because that could have been a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I forget the word, but it's like a, a player, like a special player, like a receiver, a running back, a tight end, yeah. an offensive line who you need. Like a skill player. Skill player, there you go. Um, but using that one last roster spot for a quarterback, some people don't like it. I don't mind it because you never yeah. know in the league, especially with Jalen Rager. I mean, Jalen – Jesus, get that out of my head. Jalen hurts his uh, performance lately. His legs, his mobility. He could get hurt. Minshew's never really sold on, so never know. It's possible that they just see something in him and they think they can work with him. And maybe one day they believe he can be the number two quarterback. Probably. Um, Grant, the last guy they did that with was Sudfeld, and that didn't really work he, out. He, for sure, it didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for a Rager's return. I wonder if he'll get booed or cheered, if anything. But then some guys like he'll probably be the fourth string quarterback. I mean, receiver on that team. So I don't think he'll get cheered at all. 
I think it's unlikely he impact. sees the field. Um, I think somebody, he'll make an impact. Somebody tweeted, it's nice to have a punt returner now on this team. And then all the replies like, no, we have news for you, buddy. He's, uh, <laughs> if you like guys that just catch the ball and run out of bounds, then yeah. But one, re- punt, one punt return touchdown doesn't define a player. <sighs> for sure. But uh, I'm interested to see what's going on with this Eagles team. A young squad. Jordan Davis looking sensational. I'm excited. I'm excited for this team. Excited for the season. Can't wait for week one. Yeah, I like I like the um I was just looking at um yesterday the box score of the Alabama Georgia national championship game Yikes. from this past year. Yeah. And they have everybody is like shaded yellow if they were drafted this year. And there are like nine guys on each side that were drafted. And I'm like, it's so good that recently the Eagles have like switched gears from just taking these like Colorado tech guys and just started taking guys from Bama and Georgia. Cause they got two Georgia guys on the team. And now they got another Bama guy, Josh Joby, got Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. And then they also, you know, in the past, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, guys like that. Like they're just drafting guys from teams that are good, which I appreciate that. Yeah. I like it. I mean, you anybody see, you that was see. a saving guy, I I'm fine with bringing in. Oh yeah. 1000%. Because you know he was, it's iron sharp, sharpens iron. Yeah. In just practice alone. And then the SEC and then getting the expectations of winning, getting and winning the national championship every year. All that pressure. I mean, you're built for this, basically. Yeah. So I, like yeah, with the, I think Nick Saban's the best football coach on the planet. Somewhere Bill, Bill Belichick fans are just groveling at, at that sound. Does he have fans? And I think the West Coast uh, fairies out there are saying, Sean McVay, bro. Sean oh, McVay, get out of here. When he doesn't have a team, when he doesn't have a super team, let me, let me talk to him. He did. He had Jared Goff at the helm. True. Yeah, he did get he did get Goff to the Super Bowl. So he that maximized Goff's potential. He did, yes. Which I think is possible this year with the Lions as well. Don't sleep on them. Perfect segue. Um, we're going to go into our phase two of our NFL predictions. We're doing yes. three, four overs and four unders. One more than we did last year. Rob will kick it off, actually, this year. Then we'll do our playoff teams for AFC to NFC, who's in, who's out, and four bold predictions. And then next week, we'll do our seasonal awards, our Super Bowl picks, MVPs, all that stuff, and our week one predictions, including... The first game on Thursday as well. We'll do those Exciting. as well. So, so yeah. Stacked episode next week. Overs heavy, and unders. Heavy football. Playoff teams. Yep. And then next week we'll do the awards. Uh, any miscellaneous thing we want to talk about. And then we'll yeah. pre- we'll preview the first game and then maybe the entire week. Uh, so are we doing overs and unders first? Uh, decide. I'm cool with uh, anything. Let's do that. All right. Same rules as last time. Uh, if I pick a team, you obviously can't pick the inverse. So if I pick like, uh, I don't know. If I pick some team to go over six and a half, you can't take if them you under. Pick the, so if you pick the Wolves to go 11 and a half wins this season, I can't <laughs> pick them under. I got you. I don't know why you'd pick them under to begin with. Um, <laughs> you must be a fool. <laughs> must be a fool. It's plus money. All right. I have the unenviable uh, task of picking the inaugural team in this. The first pick should be a lock, and I don't see any locks on this. <laughs> Are you want me to go first? Um, no, that's fine. I'll go first. Um Oh, don't don't screw with me. the first pick of the over under draft. I'm gonna go Washington under eight and a half. God damn it! Already we're starting off on a bad foot. Yeah, that was the first one I really liked. Bye. There are a couple I like more unders this year than overs. I wrote down 
seven overs and eight unders, and then the other 17 teams I don't really want to touch. But I have enough here that I feel like I can get good value. So you have Washington under in half? I'm going to go Washington under eight and a half. The reason being, I just don't... They'll probably beat up on the Giants of the world. But the... And I guess they do play the uh, the AFC South this year, so you get Jacksonville, Houston, and you know Tennessee and Indy. So those are a couple wins they'll get, but I I just don't see it. I think Eagles and Cowboys will be the first two teams in the division, and then Washington third. And more often than not, the third place team has like seven wins. So that was my rationale. Dude. In saying that, I also forgot that not only did we get Rager back in Philly. We get to see Dougie P. We get to see Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz twice a week, twice a year. But then you got to see Carson Wentz versus Dougie P. At some point, right? I believe that is that not week one. Oh my god, sensational stuff! Going I think on. the Jags play the Redskins. Or, oops, yikes! Uh, what are they called now? The Commanders. <laughs> uh, yeah, Commanders. Yeah, Jags Commanders week one. Um, the lock on of the 9/11. day for me. What is your What is your biggest lock? Jesus. Oh, so just uh oh, okay you got it okay i was gonna riff for you falcons over four and a half over four and a half for the falcons okay dude people keep sleeping on this team kyle pitts is sensational yeah and you actually have it. a younger quarterback granted he's not that young but he's more mobile than matt ryan you do miss yeah. the big arm but and you are missing ridley and i don't well, he's I don't, gone i he can't speak the most on heinous thing in the world you could do I, I can't speak on you know too many of the other guys on that team last year that were that are gone or uh, are back uh, or like new additions, but I can't imagine they added much. Um, who's their coach? Uh, why, why am I drawing a blank on this? Um, oh, it's Arthur Smith, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people think he's a d bag, so who knows? But, uh, <laughs> but he had, but he had. Keep in mind, he had uh, Mariota. Well, he looks in, like a D-bag. in Tennessee. Mariotto's in Tennessee. I thought it was yeah. in um, Oregon. Well, no, no, I mean, like, for the Titans. Arthur Smith was a oh, uh, I believe, oh. tight ends coach, and then he wanted to be in the OC. Um, See, that's I how was... far removed I am from Tennessee Titans because yeah, right. they're run by <laughs> Ryan Trash-Ass Tanninghill, So, Is there a chance that we both have the same bold prediction on our thing? Because I think it's not <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. So oh, I was going to uh, say... Ryan Tannehill will be replaced by week two? so we do okay uh so one i was gonna riff um last year we stayed away from the severe the extremes at the top and the bottom we didn't go we didn't go under the low numbers or however the low numbers and we stayed away from the buffaloes and kansas cities of the world yeah um i do have a couple high numbers on here (laughs) this year is different as my like potential numbers same um (laughs) my so i feel like i should go just to balance that i'm going to take an over um this one feels, you know, I'm going to go New England over eight and a half as my. I'm glad you said that because. Uh, whoops, we just made a boo-boo. Um, you, you you should go twice in a row now, actually. Sorry. Oh, um, the I, I just jumped in my bed. Uh, Unless you wanted them. No, I didn't. Okay. So who was it? Over who? Uh, I got New England over eight and a half. New England. No, I just um, I think that they're a good team. They have two good running backs, Mac Jones going in the year two, and they didn't really lose anybody from what I remember. 
And they brought in, you know, Devontae Parker, who was an upgrade over Jacoby Myers, who oh, is yeah. just going to move down to the depth chart. And they still have the two tight ends with Henry and um, and John U. Smith. And they still have Belichick. So, Dude, this is shades of Wes Walker all over again. They bring in a, a Miami product, but they didn't really do too much. And here, boom, here comes Belichick using him. Um, that, oddly, that's the one team I did not have on my list. I just feel like I don't know what I'm going to get with them. Um, so I'll go twice, right? Yeah, so we're going to pretend this is your second pick and your third pick, and then we'll... Uh, my I'll one, just go once, and then you'll go twice. My one of very few high picks, I have Cowboys, 10.5. I've got them under. I was going to take them, too. Thank God I got that one out of the way. Dallas. I, I just don't see it. They have too many issues with penalties, even in the preseason, which is crazy. Yeah, that's alarming, honestly. Um, Zeke Elliott, he needs some kind of resurgence because I think Tony Pollard is the future. I think Pollard's better than him, too. Um, who is it? Amari Cooper's not there because of disgruntledness. They did bring in Jalen Tolbert, who they, they have cool. some high hopes for. Yeah. But I, I think they're going to rely too heavily on Zeke, and he's just not as good as he used to be. That yeah. was my rest. I also don't think they got better. They got worse. You lose Cooper, and you got an aging Elliott, you got an aging Prescott. You can't expect Schultz, you know, uh, Schultz to be as good. C.D. Lamb can see a double team for the first time since college. And he dropped and, a lot of balls yeah, anyway. And, and Gallup is out. So th- their offense is going to take a step. And Tyron Smith is out for God knows how long now, too. Yeah. So they have too many question marks. And then my next pick, I have the and Colts. I'm sorry, their, coach, their coach is a bozo, too. McCarthy? <laughs> I think he's going to be gone. He is... He's on the hot McCarthy, seat. Yeah, McCarthy oh. is Patricia with a ring. That's all he is. <laughs> there you go. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. Patricia with a ring. If you don't know, go back to the archives early in the podcast or on our Instagram, one of the yeah. first posts. Rob just went on a gripe of the century. Probably the, the best gripe. This podcast has, has ever seen since the eulogy or my Danny Green uh, rant. Uh, my next pick, though, uh, Indy, over nine and a half. Matt Ryan at the helm. Frank yeah. Wright, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs, if not the best back right now in football. Michael Pittman is going to have an actual quarterback behind center. <laughs> that's going to throw the ball and not turn yeah. over the ball. Who's their tight end? I have no clue, but he's also going to be a security blanket because, my goodness, Matt Ryan loves the tight oh, end. Cox, I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, Colton, nine and a half. I got him 11 wins at least. All right, so that was technically supposed to be your wraparound picks. I'm going to pretend New England was my first pick of this round, so I'll make one other pick. Okay. Um, so I got one of each. I'm in a good spot. I had him over last year. I'm going to go Giants under seven and a half this year. Damn it. You have them under. Uh, they they hurt me last year. I don't think they're any. I, I don't think they're any better than they were last year. I think they're older and they're worse. Their only hope is that Barkley is better and that Galladay is not terrible, because they were both pretty bad last year. And Jones fighting for his job maybe that helps him. And having uh, you know something that resembles a real coach might help them as well. You know, going from Judge <laughs> to Brian Dable, that can help. But they lose Bradbury. Judge. They add um, Kayvon Thibodeau. So I mean, there's a chance they'll be good, but I just I, I don't see it. It feels risky having two teams in the same division as my unders, but it's also there's nothing riding on this anyways. Who cares? Um, it sucks because I had them in my over column, 
I think they're going to be good. Not playoff worthy, but better than the record shows. Saquon oh, yeah. Barkley is going to be a force, probably. Uh, yeah, so he's a, he's a good candidate for bounce back this year in fantasy as well. So if you're doing one of those drafts, then uh, he's a guy. Um, I, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I look at their team on paper. It's okay. They had an avenue to win the division last year because I thought the Cowboys would kind of fall backwards, and I didn't think the Eagles would be all that good. Yeah. I just don't see it this year. I just think all the other three teams in the division are better. And how often is a team that's in fourth place have eight wins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's hard to go from whatever they had last year. Was it four or five wins to going all the way up to eight? So I think that's also kind of tough. True. I would have to look at their their uh, their schedule, but it can't be. I don't think they're any better than Tennessee. They're not better than Indy. They're not better. Than, they're kind of on equal footing with the Jags. They're better than Houston, and they'll probably win maybe one game in the division. One game? I think they beat Washington once, and that's it. No, not, I don't see, see them beating the Cowboys. I don't see them beating the Eagles. See, that's your mistake. I mean, let me look at the East Gi- games are always tough. Always the Giants. Tough. They, Giants are starting off one and three because they're going to lose to Tennessee, lose to Carolina, lose to Dallas, beat Chicago, lose to Green Bay, lose to Baltimore, beat Jacksonville, beat Seattle, beat Houston, lose to Detroit, Dallas, Washington, Philly, beat Washington, lose to Minnesota, lose to Indiana, and then lose to Philly. That's about five wins right there. So, nah, I don't, I don't believe in them at all. They have I a hard they, schedule. I'll put money, and I'll put this on the podcast when it when week one happens. I'll put ten dollars that the Giants will beat the Titans. I don't see it. I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill. You have and faith in you, Daniel Jones, though. Yes, you, I do. You, I have more faith in Here's Tannehill my... blindfolded than I do Daniel Jones <laughs> with three eyes. Here's my my I one do, rationale. You like the coach. There's something to having a new coach and a quarterback that's kind yeah. of like on the fringe. So, I mean, there's a chance he gets something out of Daniel Jones. But people who give Dable all the credit for developing Josh Allen also have to remember Dable was with Alabama. And they haven't produced a quarterback since like Vietnam. So it's <laughs> a knob. My one rationale is you got Saquon Barkley, who's back, probably probably the healthiest he's been since college. You have Daniel Jones, who knows pressures yeah. on him, new coach, and you had all off season. Once you got your schedule, who are you going to face? You're game planning to stop Derrick Henry. You're game planning to have Derek, uh, Ryan Tannehill beat you. You know damn now, well. Because when, remember the first game in the era for the Eagles against the Falcons? They look sensational. Like, oh, Hurts yeah. to Smith is looking yeah. great. You know, that's season. not a bad point. Uh, and then and, and they fell off a little bit. Week one is the week that the most money is lost from Vegas, too, because there's so many things that are just kind of question marks. I would have to look. I, if I had to guess right now, I would guess it's probably a four-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Tennessee. For I'm week sure. One. Um, I'm going to take a quick look, take, actually, and take, see if that's the case. Take the underdog. Take the G-Men. Uh, they are currently – don't tell me that's a 4 o'clock game. It is. <laughs> it's 5.5 for the Titans. It's also a very low over-under. That's only 43.5, so they think it'll be low score. Now, the, the counterpoint that I'll make is yeah. that the Titans have had all offseason to figure out how to stop Saquon Barkley and make Daniel Jones beat them, and they have very athletic linebackers. So, I mean, I don't know. That's true. I don't think it's a thing where Jones is just going to run all over. I, I think a team like that is too smart and too good, and they know they have to beat these bad teams because they are not as good as they were last year. So they have to beat these bad teams to make it make a run at the playoffs. So that's my thought. I, I can see it, but I don't think it'll happen. Of course, I'm just teasing, but I'd, I'd put money on Giants. I think they'll surprise most teams. I had a win last I mean. year, and they burned me, so they can, oh, they yeah. can go to heck. <laughs> 
I'm surprised. Parts. I'm surprised you're all all if any of your drafts didn't include multiple Panthers because you were all in last year on them. I think I you stayed away from stayed away I'm from half them. in. I'm like, you know, you put like your right foot in and then you shake it all about. I'm not all the way in doing the hokey pokey, but I got like my toes in. Like the water's the a little pool. cold. Yeah, the water water was too warm last year. There's too much piss in the water last year. Uh, now, the, now the water's too cold. So last year you dipped your toe and you went like head first after I went I went head first, but I was in the child the three foot part, so I banged my head as hard as I could. I think uh, midway through one of our uh, episodes, you were ordering a jersey for Robbie Anderson. <laughs> you I were all in. One. I already had one. <laughs> all uh, right. Um, I, so I, I do go. not. I don't own a Giants jersey though. I do have a Washington Good. football team jersey though. Before the the remodel, I like their old jerseys better than the new ones. And it's Chase Young, who is out until Week Five, so that also doesn't help. And it doesn't help that they have Carson Wentz back there. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Oh, that's a real that that plays into me. That all right? They were locked then. So you actually you have two in a row now. Two in a row. All right, I have the Browns under. Okay. I love I loved that one. They're eight and a half Browns. Eight and a half. My bad. Uh Jacoby Brissett, good quarterback, not Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, should just fall and, and there's a chance Kareem Hunt gets traded. So oh, he's not kicking people. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a team that carries two kickers at once. <laughs> Is this the part where we do the kicking? Yes, Patrick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, hey, we need a kicker. And then they both run out there and like, what do you need, boss? Like, you ever nah, see the video nah. of Chad Johnson kicking an extra point in the preseason? No. At some point, the Browns should just do that with Kareem Hunt. <laughs> By the way, oh, I have another L. I, I forgot to put this on here. Um, My next one is... What? Oh, wait. Mm. You heard me. I think you're going to pick them, though. Fuck it. I'll just go with it. Jacksonville over six Ooh. and a half. Over. So I, I like their under actually. I I, I can see both Dougie sides, P. which is why I kind of held off. Dougie P and Trevor Lawrence too, and Travis Atn. You that love team's Travis gonna be fun. Etienne. They're gonna be fun this year. I don't think I've ever seen you that bummed out, except for any Philly game or like you know any Philly sports team loss. Than when you heard Travis Etienne was out for the season, you were oh, it sucked. I thought the Jags were going to be a lot of fun last year, and I they think were. they're Urban they're Myers just a year. Kicked. Yeah, that was fun. They're just <laughs> a year behind schedule, is all it is. I mean, they have Lawrence. They have two good running backs. They have a guy named Snoop. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. They they just signed Christian Kirk to the biggest contract like of all time. I mean, even though he's not great, he's still good. They have Evan Ingram. They have they have good tight ends. They got three, arguably four good tight ends. That's also with a good a- pickup, though, for Ingram. Yeah, it's, Revitalizes a, great, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fresh start and a team with very little um, pressure. Yeah. They bring in Brandon Scherf, who by all accounts is the second-best guard in all of football behind Quentin Nelson. Their defense is pretty fun. They have Foley Fadukasi. They got Roy Robertson-Harris. Um, they have Arden Key still. I think he is a guy that could figure it out. Raekwon Williams is still good. Um, Shaquille Griffin is a good corner. You know, Darius Williams was the guy on the Rams who was across from Ramsey for a little bit. They brought in uh, Trayvon Walker. They have a good team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. But, hey, fresh start. Good things are happening in Jacksonville. Duval County. Yeah, I, I can definitely see why there's optimism down there. Yeah. Um, And then I can definitely see – oh, no, you uh, 
So you did your two, so I got two now. Um, yeah. I'm going to go optimism as well. I'm going to go Detroit over six and a half. <sighs> Damn it. All right, now i got to erase my stuff. I don't know if it's likely, but I just think that... Uh, they had three games winning last year. The hard knocks bug is biting me, and then I'm going to go I quite the inverse. That. I'm going to go Chicago under five and a half. I think they suck. Yeah. You're right about that one. They just suck, man. And if God forbid Justin Fields gets hurt, they are they're doomed. They're f- they're fooped. Um, let me see under. I have, I'd go two, right? Let me see. Oh, you got yeah, you got two now. Mm. I felt better last year about all my picks, but they all floundered. So Jets under five and a half. Fair, I like them too. And then my last over. There's optimism for the Jets, though. My last over. There is. Damn. I'm just going to go for the fences because of the number. Give me Seattle over mm. five and a half. Give me a solid six, and I'll be happy. See, I, I kind of like them under. But there was. it's a little bit... A little bit low for the under. If they were six and a half, I would have gone under. Yeah. The Jets, I thought, were a candidate that could be on the fence and go one of two ways. I thought there was a chance they go over. Um. For my so I got two now, right? I might have that flipped actually. <laughs> so you know what? What's up? I might have that flipped. Now, do you want to put them as an under instead? No, no, no. I'll ride with them. I'm gonna go with the first high one that we're gonna do. Yeah. I'm actually going to go Buffalo over 11 and a half. Jesus. I just think it's a, this could be the year they go 15 and two and make everybody believe in them and still bow out and still not win it. Yep. (laughs) Uh, The unders are tough. I got one team left on my underside and I feel like I have to take them. Uh, I want to go Tennessee under nine and a half. Finally, finally, you're waking up. And then I know you're not going to take my final over, so I'm going to keep it there. Interestingly enough, so you have one under left, I have one over left. We, neither of us have taken the Eagles. Yeah, I do not want to. What are they, nine and a half? Yeah, they're nine and a half. Yeah, they that's won too nine tough. Games. That's hard. Yeah. Because uh, they could win 11, they could win eight. Under, right? Yeah. <laughs> Give me the Broncos under 10 and a half. That division you know I is love that. insane. That division is insane. If they're 10 and a half? Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, the Russell Wilson effect. They only won seven games last year, so. Yeah. I don't he's, think he's, he's not worth paper. three wins alone. Yeah, yeah, on paper, he's worth more than that, but. They also traded away. They traded away Fant. They traded away, uh, who was the, uh, who was the defensive line? Uh, was it they got Shelby, Derek Shelby? I think so. I think having, you know, I think KJ Hamler is healthy, which might help. They have uh, Judy and Sutton, but uh, who's their tight? Albert O is their tight end, so I don't know. Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Yeah, Javante Williams. I, yeah, they could be good. The best back, I mean, the best defensive he's had since the Legion but, of Boom or Doom. Yeah, but so. they're playing six games against Kansas City, Vegas, and the Chargers. Yeah. So, I mean, good luck. Honestly. And my, all right, so to give you some insight, my last over is between two teams that I'm not sure about taking yet. Okay. It's it's between Minnesota at nine and a half and between Carolina at six and a half. 
I see. I was going to do the Vikings. I was like, nah, let me just keep away from that too. Because look, if I have them winning the division there, which True. I do, then Makes I got to go over. Mm. You know, what? let's just let's go. Let's just stick to our roots. Carolina over six and a half. <laughs> it was seven there and a half last is. year. They're doing it. <laughs> Rob's all in now. <laughs> all right, let's see what's next. <laughs> uh, playoff teams, I believe, are next. Yes. So this we don't have to go too in depth. Some of these I might ask you why or how, or you might do the same for me. Yeah. But I think uh, most of it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, do you want to just do uh, division by division? Yeah. Or do you want to? Okay. So you want to start with the AFC East? This is probably the biggest layup of uh, all of them. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, you uh, have Miami? With, uh, no, the Bills. Uh, are you having there for a second? I got Buffalo winning the East as well. Um, who do you think comes in second in that division? You make a case for every team. Even the Jets? I don't think yeah, so. I think you actually could. This is the most talented Jets team that they've had since they were in the playoffs last. So I look like a sucker picking them under. This is crazy. No, I think no, they they could suck. Don't get me wrong, because it all depends on Zach Wilson. But they could be well, good. under four and a half. I think that's what. Oh, it was. they're four and a half. I think. I'm no, they're five and a half. Okay, that's still not still. That's great. still something. Yeah. But I ain't second. Um, New England. I, yeah, I'm gonna go New England second, and then Miami third, yeah. and then the Jets, Jets. four. But you can make an argument for my for the Jets to be third or second. This is and the, you can make an argument for Miami too. This it, it all hinges on Tua. Yeah, Tua. I mean, his accuracy for sure. Who's their backup to? Uh, um, Bridgewater. Yeah, and he's not. He's no he, slouch. Either. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You could argue at some point during the season, Tua could get benched. Oh, and Bridgewater could be the guy. Yeah, they did it before. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was balling, and then he still benched him. This is probably the equivalent of the AL East. All four teams, yeah. in that, or yeah, all you know, five right. teams, pretty good. I think the, uh, the 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 AFC West, which is the next one here on my list, you can make the argument for them as well. Oh, Any geez. team in that division, it's I'm still kind of going, up for grabs. I'm still going with the cream of the crop, the Chiefs. You know what? I thought but, about that. But I do wish... Maybe, uh, go. Uh, let's see what you say. I'm going to go Chargers. Exactly. I, I think they're the Chargers. The thing that concerns me a little bit with the Chargers, though, is they're everybody's pick this year. They're like the Bills of second place because everybody has the Bills winning the uh, the AFC. Yeah. I still think Kansas City is the the cream of the crop on the left side. I roll on the eight. Well, I have them written on the left side, so the AFC <laughs> until someone dethrones them, and I guess since he kind of did but that was a fluke um <laughs> i the thing that worries me is the chargers might be a year behind schedule like i think it's just next year is the year they do it but i got the chargers winning that division they're just too deep too talented not even kidding you that game from last year chargers and raiders week 17 is on i'm watching it on the side oh you're watching it <laughs> i watch it from time to time it's sensational the highlights from that game are just absurd like the last, you can just skip to the fourth quarter, and that's like the most exciting football. That was legitimately the most exciting football I think I've watched since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. This is the probably the four to two minute warning of the fourth quarter in all the overtime. That's all this is. This oh, that's all it is. That's all you need. And it, and it's because there, there were like worth. four touchdowns. Yeah, it's an hour's worth of. And then you got the the puzzling uh, timeout called. Un- wow! Unbelievable. Oh, all right, uh, AFC North, which I think is the hardest of all these divisions. Last thing, last thing on the Chargers. Yes, the Chargers historically, back since Philip Rivers, they were the the little engine that could. They're the yeah. team that 
everyone liked, but could never, ever get over the hump. I think it was that one playoff game against the Jets, and the kicker just missed every shot possible. And here comes Chad Pennington, I think, at the time. Brings him down with that badass arm and still got a touchdown. Might have been Sanchez, honestly. Sanchez took it into uh, back-to-back AFC title games. Probably, actually. Um, Sanchez was, I think, the last guy to beat Brady in the playoffs until, until, uh, ironically, I think Tannehill did it. Um, So AFC North is going to be a tough division. I think you can make a case for three of the four teams, and Cleveland is fourth. Well, I already know your pick because it's definitely – is definitely not Cincinnati. Yep. Because you hate Cincinnati. Yep. Well, no, you don't hate Cincinnati. You hate Joe Burrow. Because he's not good. Wrong. Um, he's an average quarterback. He's just handsome. So people think he's good. But you, you could make a case here for Pittsburgh. By the way, Pittsburgh was one of the other teams I considered at seven and a half. I think they're never going to have a losing season with Tomlin. So that's a lock to, for them to get nine. Give me Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore, too. I'm glad you came into the dark side. <laughs> I know they lost Hollywood Brown, but bringing in Rashad, or like elevating Rashad Bateman, that's a big deal. J.K. Dobbins healthy, that's a big deal. Great team. Lamar fighting for a contract, that's a big deal. Fighting for a so, contract? I think he's so disgruntled he's on Twitter, probably. Yeah, he probably is. Well, dude, I mean, I think I picked the... Let me, actually, let me look at it. Because the team with a chip on their shoulder. We do have the Excel sheet from last year. I believe I did have the Ravens. Remember, the Bengals the, were yeah. the basement and everyone's thing, and then they just blew up as the number one Yeah, they team. came out of nowhere. I had the Browns last year, which is even more egregious. Yes, you did. Ravens were like the fun team at the end that almost got in. Um, <laughs> just to um, just to clean it, and I had the Giants making it, so not, let's not get too crazy. Um, AFC South, who do you have? Uh, Colts. I'm going to go Colts, too. That's an easy one. And then uh, I guess you want to just read off your three wild cards? Yes. Um, Chargers, Raiders, and Bengals. Okay, so I have uh, – the only thing we have different is I have Kansas City <laughs> as the wild card instead of winning the division. So I got Kansas City, Vegas, and Cincinnati as my three wild cards. Cincinnati was tough because I wanted to put Pittsburgh in. but And I also considered Denver. But I thought it's impossible for four teams in the same division to get in. Pittsburgh might just be a year away if they think Pickett's any good. Mm-hmm. Um, but and Cincinnati is the defending champs. So they have to get hot at some point. Or maybe they'll start hot and teeter off. Cincinnati? Maybe they, yeah. I think well, remember, Baltimore's the best team in that division, though. They also lost Uzuma, which also hurts my candidate for the Jets to go under yeah. because he's a key person in that. And that helps my, uh, my case for the Jets being good. It's um, my case for having them go under five and a half. <laughs> Yikes. All right. All right, so the uh, the NFC. Uh, we'll start with the East. Sorry, I had the spreadsheet open for some reason. Um, the NFC. We're going with what division? Uh, the East. The birds. I'm gonna go Eagles too. Um, fixing my mistake from last year, having the Giants <laughs> winning the division. <laughs> I just think there'll be one win ahead of the Cowboys. I don't know if they're gonna win 11 games like I had them winning. What? They could go 10 and seven or whatever, but. I think they'll be the best team in the division. They have an easy schedule, too. Watch the Commanders beat us. Oh, that that team's always annoyingly stupid. Um, second uh, division will do the West. This is tough. It's a toss-up between two. Rams. I'm going to go Rams as well. Uh, we might have a clean sweep here at North. Packers. 
Oh, you went Packers? Yeah. Okay. I got Minnesota winning the North this year. I just think there's a there's a case to be made for them. Dalvin, Jefferson, Thielen, Herb Smith, like they have a good team. And Rodgers has to throw the ball to somebody. And right now it looks like it's you and me catching passes for him. So <laughs> you the number one, I'll be the number two. People love talking about that that amazing Green Bay defense. Yeah. That amazing Green Bay defense lost to the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo on their home field in the, snow. In the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> so let's not get ahead of ourselves. And then the South. Who do you like? Who do you like there? Bucks. Begrudgingly. Bucks. You know what? Uh this might surprise you. I'm gonna go to New Orleans. I had them Not missing the playoffs last year, and I think a full year of Jameis with LASIK. Um, Kamara, I don't know what his situation is if Kamara can play right away. I remember he was in trouble. Um, but they bring in, so Michael Thomas is back. Jarvis Landry is still there. They have Chris Olave. They have a good receiving core. Defense is still good, minus C.J. Gardner-Johnson, of course, that left, but I think that team's good. I think... I. I think Tampa still gets in as a wild card, but I think New Orleans wins the division. Who do you like as your three wild cards? I have the Vikings, 49ers, and the Saints. So once again, we have the exact same teams getting into the playoffs. <laughs> um, I have Tampa as a wild card because I have New Orleans winning the division. Mm-hmm. I have Green Bay as a wild card because I have Minnesota winning the division, and then I have San Francisco. This has to be a first. I don't think we've ever had the same playoff teams for both leagues or both divisions. It's just more bragging rights of who finishes on top. I guess if you had to pick one team that isn't currently in your playoff thing to make it in, who would it be? I guess that'll be our tiebreaker. Um, damn. Because I know you kind of liked Dallas. I would say, fuck. Mm, yeah, I guess I'm leaning towards Dallas. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll say Dallas. You know, you might think I'm crazy for saying this. The Browns. But I think Pittsburgh has a chance to get in, too. I, mean, I just, they, I just, I know better than the Dell Tomlin. I mean, they, they betted on this Week 17 game to get in. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> yeah, they barely got in. They, well, they, they With Roethlisberger. Well, the game was almost tied and lost them. So, all right, uh, what is next? Uh, bold predictions. Oh, my Lord. So this is uh, not as – mine are not as interesting as last year's. Um, I forget. So yours were um, – Something outrageous. Six out of eight teams from the, uh, the NFC and AFC West would get into the playoffs. Uh, you said the referees I... would, would make a boo-boo every game, and then your third one was – there's four. Eagles and Cowboys getting in. Oh, uh, here I have it. It was four, um, yeah. Dallas winning the NFC East, which they did. I but had... you also had the Eagles getting into the playoffs as a uh as a <laughs> as like a bullet point for that one too, which they did. So Yeah, I didn't yeah, it's kinda there. It's just kinda cut off. Um seven of the eight NFC East and West teams make it, but they didn't. Jameis Winston starts all 17 games, and then he got hurt, so that kind of killed yes, my Yes, that thing. did happen, yeah. And then the referee's making a boo-boo. Yours uh, were I think Corey, I mine. Corey something. Corey, Corey Davis, 1,000 yards, which he was on pace for, but he got hurt. <laughs> Pats upset the Bills. I give you a pass because they did. <laughs> they did. I also picked the week, too. Yeah, that was even crazier. Uh, COVID forfeit. 
Almost. Didn't happen. Then, it was uh, more likely two years ago than last year. And then Uncle Bill retiring. Which we had to give like an extra two months on basically to see if it was going to happen, but it didn't. If anything, right. if you if you did that for Tom Brady, you would have been you would have been right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got four bolds this year. Uh, one of mine is pretty bold. The other three are kind of. Eh. It was tough to think of these on the fly. I mean, we could always uh, next week's just stack though. We could right. add if we think of anything next week, we'll add a fifth. All right. Just to be uh, fair. You want to rattle off four straight, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can read your four, and then I'll read my four. All right. I went. I split them up NFC and then AFC. So okay. So for NFC, oh Jaylen, minor or I got three NFC. Sorry. Oh all right. Um. And the NFC, ironically, are players, and the AFC are teams. Okay. So for the first bowl prediction, Jalen Hurts will have more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson. Okay, I can see that. Bucket. I, I like that. Um, Saquon Barkley will have a thousand yard rushing season. So I took over your Corey Davis and I put okay. it with Saquon Barkley. I, if you want to make it even more bold, you could say 1500 because I think that's also possible. Nah, I'm, I'm sticking right with my thousand. He's got to stay healthy. Or he'll, or he'll lead the league in rushing. Yeah. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills will host an AFC championship game and lose it. Mr. Bisky. Oh, I love, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely going to host one and lose it. And then the Broncos will be in the basement of the AFC West. Ooh, Some come. people Ooh. like them in the okay. third, maybe even second, because, you know, things That's can happen weird. with injuries. But I it's like, like them the, uh, in the fourth. It's like the uh, the Cavs going and getting down to Mitchell. It takes you from bad to mid. <laughs> uh, all right, my four bolts. All right. Ryan Tannehill bench for Malik Willis by week eight. You have seen the light. You have seen the light. Um, so I, I tried to come up with one that wasn't just like Brady's no longer good. So Tom Brady will have a four week stretch this year where he has more interceptions than touchdowns. So that'll be my like Brady regression. Uh, James Conner benched by week 10 and out of the league next year. <laughs> Jesus. Um, killing this I just man. think he, he's like the perfect 30 year old running back to fall off the cliff. And at least one Eagle will get arrested this season. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. I, that one I was like not happy about, but I was like, I got to think of something cool. Uh, we'll go. It's got to be a ride receiver. And it's got to be a DUI. So, no, it's got to uh, be a, a punter. Just outrageous. Seaposs <laughs> beats his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be Quez Watkins gets a DUI. Oh, don't do that on Quez. He's a humble man. He's a Christian man. He's a, I mean, who else God is going to get arrested man. on this team? There's a lot of good humans on this team. Oh, no, it's going to be that guy they just got from the Saints. Uh, Gardner Johnson gets arrested for assault outside of a nightclub. That's what it'll be. Fucking hell. <laughs> Flip this. We'll do it again week 12 when it happens. And there's the alert. It yeah. is going to happen. CJ Gardner Johnson shot and killed. Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus Christ, dude. The freaking the, the Redskins. I did it again. The, um, oh, man. The, We're the get commander's, running, commander's running back just got shot. Like just now? Three days ago. No, oh. Brian Robinson. He's already <laughs> second in odds for comeback player of the year. He's never played an NFL game. What the heck? <laughs> I'm going to say, did you just put this into the ethos, into the atmosphere, and you just got someone shot off the rip? All right, so do you want to do um, – you want to go scramble, and then we'll go WL top running backs? Yeah. Okay. Want to go first or want to go first? Uh, I have four, so it's a minute each at least, possibly. Uh, you can go first. All right, um – this just in, Rob. Former Eagles tackle Jason Peters to visit the Cowboys. Oh, wait. 
Oh, the timer. The timer. Can't run out of time if there's no timer. Yeah, right. This should be easy, though, to get through this in four minutes. Well, look, Rob, we made it. (laughs) We went under. We never shut the clock, though. Uh, And a go. Um, Yeah, former Eagles tackle Jason Peters to visit the Dallas Cowboys, who are in desperate need of uh, lineman help. Thoughts on possibly signing with the enemy? Uh, good for him, I guess. But at some point, he's got to just hang him up. I think he's actually hurting his legacy by signing with these random teams at the end. Reminds me of when Adrian Peterson was a uh, a saint, and then he was a, a cardinal. A lion at one point. Yeah, he was a lion. For a minute, yeah. Washington, yeah. Weird. Yeah, it um, sucks. I think he just did it for the money at this point. White Sox manager Tony LaRusso out indefinitely with an unspecified medical issue. Get well soon. Uh, do you think the team will now improve with him no longer calling the shots? Were they that bad? I mean, They're, I remember the one clip where the fan was yelling at Larissa to switch someone in, and he did it. They're pretty bad this year. They were good uh, last year, and now they're bad again. Do you think it's, it's more of the case of these older managers sucking their ways, and it's just kind of hurting the team? And then once exactly they're what out, I think it is. It's the guys that don't want to embrace analytics. I know analytics can't rule the world. You don't want to be Gabe Kapler. Yeah. But at some point, you got to blend the two. And I think Aaron Boone's a good example of that. Honestly. Um, our boy, friend of the show, Shohei Otani, rewriting history again, Rob. He's the first to hit 30-plus home runs and get 10 wins as a pitcher in one season. It's amazing he didn't do it last year in his MVP year, yeah. but he's rewriting history. How high is his ceiling? You know, at some point we have to devote uh, an entire segment to Otani and Judge to really uh, you know, dissect the MVP argument. Um, Otani has a case this year. His ceiling is even higher than this. He's got a sub three ERA to two six seven right now. He's got thirty home runs. He he could realistically have a sub three ERA and hit forty this year for the Angels, and they'll still be twenty games under five hundred. How how far is he from hitting forty? Because uh, ten, he needs ten. We'll probably revisit this <laughs> in like a couple of weeks yeah. when the season's almost over. And he's like, just this just in Otani. First, to hit 40 home runs and get 10 wins. Yeah, get 12 wins. This is wins, crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper praised Rob Thompson and the young guy stepping up in his absence while low-key burying Joe Girardi in an interview for Sports Illustrated. Uh, Joe Girardi was well-known for placing preference on veteran players regardless of performance or production. Those who suffered the most were players like Bryson Stott, Alec Bowman, Matt Vierling, as you remember, uh, Didi Gregorius, and uh, Adubel. Adubel Herrera were playing a lot. Uh, you've seen, so this is a Harper quote, uh, quote, you've seen that in Rob Thompson, giving them the opportunities, giving them the chances to play and giving them the chances to be successful in every spot they're in. And quote, what does it say about uh, Thompson's long-term uh, prospects with the team? I think I think Thompson's going to get a deal. He will be the Phillies manager come opening so. day next year. I mean, if you got the MVP and probably the heart and soul of this team basically praising the interim and the players and the job that he's done in his absence... I mean, he's a happy camper, and he's and willing to come much, back. And you've seen the influence that Harper has on the front office. He said, I want, sure. I want Ramuto signed. They signed him. I want Schwarber <laughs> and Castellanos. I want them both. They came. You know, so they're listening to him. Yeah, and so far it's paying off. Yeah. And I think we hit it for the first time with 38 seconds to spare. There you go. We hit it. So first in a while, we hit the four-minute scrabble. Now, on to our wins and L's, and then to end the show, to wrap up our top 10 segment for NFL players, it will be the top 10 running backs, which will be interesting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of various lists, especially with fantasy going on. 
I'm excited for that. I have, uh, I actually have some honorables this time. That was the hardest list because I had to basically just rank every running back and <laughs> cut it off at uh, at ten. Although I didn't do that. Um, so you stopped at like twenty two. Basically, I stopped. I stopped at thirty two. Really. Oh, um, but I have uh, eighteen names written on my list here Wait, because who- a couple are important. You must have left out somebody because if you did 32 and you have Tony Pollard and possibly Zeke, you yeah. left somebody off. So I had I actually listed two running backs for the – I'll tell you right now. I, I listed two running backs for – Slot number five. Uh, for the, the Patriots, two for the Bills, two for the Bengals – or not the Bengals, the Broncos. Uh, you love Broncos, the Bengals. The Broncos. So I, I, and actually two for the Jacks. So I actually had like 36 names because um, Robinson, ETN – uh, Stevenson and Harris for the Pats, uh, Javante and Melvin Gordon for the Broncos, and then Zach Moss and uh, I forget the name of the other guy for uh, for Buffalo. Um, so, how many L's do you have? Just one, an appropriate one L. All right, I have two. Do you want to do yours just in case I stole yours? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, my one and only L. Ironically, after praising them this entire NFL segment. The Buffalo Bills organization. <laughs> Why did you say? Well, last week I had an L with punter slash kicker Matt Rise of the rookie as taking an L. In the in the week that was, I found out more information that apparently the the legal team and all, if not most of the Bills organization, knew about these accusations, allegations, and the evidence and all the stuff that surrounded the rape charges upon this rookie quarter rookie punter they knew about it ahead of time and decided to keep him on the team and didn't do nothing for at least a month or longer until it became public knowledge and the pictures were leaked and all this stuff where they then reacted and cut this young man to save face so bills if you cared anything about women or he did if he had a heart you would have cut him immediately or did discipline, but don't wait for the public eye to be like, wait, he's still on the team? And yeah. then you cut him? This is craziness. And mind you, yeah, this is bad. after week three of the preseason when you're making your cuts. You would have known off the rip, cut him. Not yep. good. Not a good look for the Buffalo Bills. A respected organization. Yes. Not good. Uh, so you went more uh, more serious with your L. I'm going more fun with mine just to good. kind of lighten the mood here. Thank God although I went I, first. Although I agree with your sentiment. Uh, my f- first L is going to be the Ravens mascot getting injured. Um, uh, Poe, who is the, yeah Poe the bird that is the Ravens mascot is injured. They're now having uh, he's actually out for the season. Uh, they're having open tryouts for the uh, to see who can be the new mascot. For this Wait, season. it's an actual bird or is it a mascot? No, like, it's a person dressed as a bird. My oh, guess right. is the person inside the costume got hurt. I'm uh, thinking like the tryouts. actual raven that goes across the field. Like no, <laughs> that would suck like the big Georgia bulldog. Um, <laughs> that's my first L. My second L is gonna be a Rod. Um, he posted a video on Twitter. Oh, um, I, I just sent it to you. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah A Rod's more like us than we realized. Um, he, he made a joking video about him coming back to uh, to try to get to 700 before Pujols does. Oh, uh, Jesus. I sent this to one of my friends, and his responses were as follows Why is he smoking a cigar? I was just playing it by accident. Why is he wearing a suit outside? And why is there so much pine tar on that bat? Pintar is almost up to the freaking to the barrel on the bat, and he's wearing a suit outside. It's 300 degrees in Florida. Why is he doing this? 
Florida, LA, wherever he is. A Rod for being weird is my uh, my second L. I'm looking at this cringe video. Yeah, he's, he's cringe. Uh, yeah, he's weird. A full pinstripe suit. Which that, I think he, he makes mention to that. I'm almost positive. And he said something about, well, 13's available now because they just traded Gallo. <laughs> that pine tar is in the middle of the bat. It's like all the way up. All the way up, basically. It's like like uh, George Brett, infamous pine tar game, like all the way up. Almost this has to like, be his bat. It's got to be. Unless it's some kid that he's like, hey, can I borrow this bat for a video? Because <laughs> it's been yeah. worn and... Yes, yeah, and then that's he sets the, the cigar uh, on the ledge. This is craziness. That, that's all the poop from the uh, the towel that hangs <laughs> in his bathroom while he poops with the window open. Oh man, what a classic all right. image! All right. How many dubs do you have? <laughs> I can't believe we used that as a cover at one point. That, I was, I don't. That's one of our finest moments. Oh man, that's what was hilarious. that? I have three W's. <laughs> I do too. Right. Uh, we probably share one though. Um, no, I doubt it. Doubt it. Um, uh, my first W uh, Triple H once again. Uh, I think I had him last year. I mean, last week if not. Triple Dubs. Triple Dubs. Um, once again, killing it with WWE. He's basically changing the culture. Screw the PG era. Put TV fourteen, whatever you want it. Uh, the wrestlers are more serious. It's more life in the company. Um, I saw the promo that you sent me. The promo with uh, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, and mind you, Matt Riddle. Is an actual name. That's his actual name. Is that the guy that does the barefoot thing? Yeah, the sandals. And he was an MMA fighter. Um, coming in, he was Matt Riddle, and then for whatever reason, Vince was like, "I don't like the name, so we're just gonna go with Riddle." Like, like Oprah, like one name. What's it? Like a, a back page of a newspaper? Yeah, basically. And then Triple H comes Riddle. over. It's like, wait, he has a first name, and we're doing this serious angle. We're about to do the serious, like, uh, uh, what you call storyline. We can't just say. Hey Riddle, no. So he has a first name. Let's use the. Is first it one name. of those things where, like, in the middle of the angle, somebody just automatically started calling by his first name to make it seem more serious, and that's how it happened, or did they just start calling him Matt? Oh, uh, they start calling him Matt because okay. it's it's Triple H. He's the head of creative now, so it's just like he brought some of these guys his first name back, which is crazy. It's like, hey Grable, well he has a first name. Let's come on. Man. So um yeah, uh, great job for Triple H. Uh, my second uh, W. Um, the play, the MLB Players Association sent out its fir- its union authorization cards uh, yes, in, I forgot about in this. first step towards unionizing those minor leaguers because that's been on my head, in my brain, living rent-free for quite some time since you told me about how like the minor leaguers work and whatnot. It's just kind of yeah. gross that it takes forever to get get a breakthrough to make some money. They're basically living off of just pennies. So good for them. Hopefully they get something out of it. I mean, college football players or athletes are getting something now. So good for those. I like that. And minor league is a professional. They're not amateur like the college guys. Honestly. And my last W is Angel Hernandez, ironically enough. Um, Not for what he did. Well, yeah, actually what he did. He loses his World Series spot this year due to his own fumble in the ALDS of last year. So apparently he did some kind of blunder in the ALDS last year or before. I don't remember. I, I, I don't doubt it. So they just came out that he loses his World Series spot this year. So he Good. will not be in the World Series. So Good. Nor should he. Nor should he. But it right. doesn't mean that he won't be in the playoffs. So he will screw someone over. I'm sure he will, yeah. In the ALDS or wildcard or LCS. But, well, World Series? No. He's no part of it. 
All right, I'll go with my three real quick. Another recurring theme for me, Joey Gallo in the W's this week. Um, I've never seen a player so bad get so much love. Um, they asked Joey Gallo about uh, the idea of him playing on the Dodgers and then facing the Yankees in the World Series. And it, he like kind of like couldn't help but smile and said, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get a ring anyway. Because no matter who wins, if he wins with the Dodgers, he'll get one. Or if he loses and the Yankees get one, he was on the team long enough to get a uh, championship ring. So good for him. Uh, once again, winning in life. He's now playing with his best friend, Hanser Alberto, too. They were good friends in the uh, the Rangers organization that came up together. So now they're back to being like dude bros together with the, uh, the Dodgers. Uh, second W is going to be Timmy Trumpet. For the first time, he was able to play Edwin Diaz's music live in the stadium, which was pretty cool. Yeah. TV broadcast didn't really catch it. Um, as, or didn't really capture it as well as you would hope because the most of the sound was coming from the trumpet. So you couldn't really uh, hear the fans, but the fans were going nuts. Uh, and then number three, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Mm. So he, he used um, $60,000 from his um, from his NIL, his uh, name, image, and likeness deal, the thing we were just talking about where college football players can get paid. Yeah. So 60 grand of his own money, which came from the NIL, um, or one of his NILs, he used that to buy every single one of his 120 Ohio State teammates a game day suit, which is very, very cool. What a king. What an awesome way to do that. He's uh, it shows that quarterbacks like kind of know how to be uh, leaders, and he's got he's got that in him. So, uh, when Hertz doesn't get this team to the promised land this year and the Eagles decide to go quarterback next year, it'd be nice to have Stroud on the team next year. So, yeah, that'd be cool. That's awesome. Good, good for him. He has my Heisman uh, winning vote. And then that brings us to the final segment, the uh, top 10 plus some extras. Yes. In my case, uh, making up for not having any honorables last week to uh, for <laughs> having eight this week. But I had eight honorables just because I think the names made sense because they are all names that people would probably think to put on their list. All right. Um, you want to go first? You have honorables. Yeah, you want me to read the honorables first? Yeah, I don't have all right. I have maybe... It, Three honorables. So in order, though, the reason that I'm going to read these and up to this point is because these names are guys that people will know. Um, number 18 is J.K. Dobbins Holy from shit. the Baltimore Ravens. 18. All right. um, number 17 is Ezekiel Elliott, a man who's really fallen out of favor. Uh, number 16, Cam Akers, who was hurt last year, came back and played in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 15, Josh Jacobs, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. 14 is Leonard Fournette. Uh, obviously contingent on his weight getting back to where it needs to be. <laughs> 13, Aaron Jones of the Packers. 12, uh, DeAndre Swift, local guy, playing on the Lions. And 11, Joe Mixon from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Super the Joe Bowl. Burrow. Yes, the uh, AL, the AL, uh, AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> so that gets me to 10. But the reason I wanted to include those eight names is because I think they're uh, prominent names that people will kind of associate with the top 10 at some point, if not currently. Honestly. All right. Uh, my honorable. Let me just write. I forget the teams. I don't forget. Ah. All right. Number 13, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Yes. Number 12, Austin Eckler of the Rams. Wow. Number 11, Elijah Mitchell of the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. Mine's yeah, I had Mitchell weird, pretty but... low. You want me to kick it off the 10? Yeah, I'm or, writing the numbers next to these guys' uh, names so I don't get messed up when doing this. All right, number 10, because I haven't seen because I think he was injured last year. I forget how good he was. Alvin Kamara, number 10. Number 10, okay. Fascinating. Yeah. 
I uh, he's on my list, but he's a lot higher. Just interest of full disclosure. It's because Drew Brees is not there, and you see how his production yeah. drops. So I, I want to know how he really is. But now that you have Jameis with LASIK, like you said, and hopefully for a full season, let's see how it truly is now with yeah. Jameis back there. To be fair, we both had Devontae number one in the wide receiver thing, and I think yeah. there's a chance he could falter without Rodgers. So yeah, I think they're uh, – but I understand the Camara thing because he got so many dump-offs from Brees. Uh, number 10 for me is Antonio Gibson of the Washington uh, – What's their the football uh, commanders. commanders? Washington Commanders. <laughs> okay, it's like trying to train yourself to not say thank you after someone gives you like a hug. <laughs> like it's almost impossible. It's just when I say Washington, it's either Capitals, Nationals, or the R word. The R word. <laughs> well, I had Antonio Gibson as well, but he, I have him at nine. Okay, yeah. uh, number nine for me, a potential uh, resurgence for Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I don't have anything against him. Uh-huh. It's just the uh, the eight guys ahead of him. I just think are better. So it's uh, not a matter of I think I'm not putting him there to spite him. I just think the other guys are better. He's probably in my top twenty if I really had to think about it. Oh, so he's not in your top ten? Nah, nah. Okay, I think he's too talented to not have there. True, but I just feel like <sighs> yeah injury. But then again, I just said he was going to have a thousand yard rush. Yeah, he's always but, been uh, in my eyes. He's always been Reggie Bush, really good college guy, mm-hmm. but doesn't really translate to the pros. Okay. Uh, where are we? Number eight. Uh, eight. Melvin Gordon. Broncos. Interesting. Interesting. I like Melvin Gordon. Um, eight for me is Austin Eckler. Mm. I know that's lower than where most people have him. Yeah. And he's the top three fantasy pick. Sometimes one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't think he's better than the seven ahead of him. Um, number seven, Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard, number seven. Okay. I I would love to see him play a full season as the actual running back. I feel like he can break out this year. He would be almost, almost like a Camara. Um, nowhere near. Number seven for me is Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, I love him. I think he's I think he's the next Dalvin Cook. Just he's just he. I think he's a special running back. Okay. Number six, Joe Mixon. Interesting. I have him at eleven. Ooh. Um, he's a he's a unique player because he he can catch it and run it. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Le'Veon Bell from when Bell was at his heyday. Uh, what's number we at? Six. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb. Well, you are. Nick Chubb. I think is the second best, the third best pure runner in the NFL. Number six. Behind two guys, I'll get to in a moment. All right. One number my own. Uh, five. Derek Henry. Okay. I have him left. a little bit lower than I have him. Um, I would imagine the four guys ahead of him, you just believe are better. I'm trying to figure out who you have. Oh, I think I know who you have. Adam. Okay. <laughs> um, number five for me is Alvin Kamara. I think he's a Swiss army knife and has so many purposes that it's easy to see how he can be two. It's easy to see how he can be seven. Yeah. I mean, if we we're talking about Drew Reeves, but I think, yeah, he's a top five for sure. But I didn't see him. He was kind of quiet last year for me. And no breeze there obviously hurts because, like you said, no dump yeah. offs. But he could have a resurgence here, so I don't mind that for sure. Uh, number four, Najee Harris. Okay, I, re- well, I really like him. I thought you had him lower than where I had him when he nah. looked at me like that. I was like, oh, no, I think, I he's, I think he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, four for me, Christian McCaffrey. I think even though his Holy injuries, shit. even though his injuries have kind of taken him out of the game yeah. the last few years when he's on the field he's the most dynamic player at the running back position in the NFL 
he can he's a good return guy. He's just on college, doesn't do it anymore, but he can catch the ball, he can run the ball, he can run short yardage, he can catch, you know, screen passes, he can go out wide. He just has a lot of purposes. And him staying healthy is a huge, huge uh impact on my my overs and unders. <laughs> For sure. I forgot about Christian McCaffrey, to be honest. Yeah, I don't he, even... he could single handedly save Matt Rule's job. Honestly. I, if I had to redo this, I'd probably put him in the top five. Or at least. Okay, I was wondering who you snubbed. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it was either him or Chubb or Henry. I don't know who it was. And then I realized. Damn, I look at my shit now. I'm like, mm, I think I fucked up. I'll just pick where you want to put him and just slide everybody down. <laughs> uh, the next one I have is Dalvin Cook. Okay. Number three. So number three for me is Derrick Henry. Henry, I think, <laughs> is the second best pure runner in the NFL. Dude, uh, I have Chubb three, dude. Henry two, and Henry when he's when he's going, he's just going. He's a he's a like a throwback kind of running back. Oh yeah, for sure. He reminds me of a uh, Marion Barber, a little bit before he tragically passed. Big dude, just like he's gonna run you clean over. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I've I've always tried to think of a uh, a comp for him, and I can't. The bus. Maybe I feel like he's faster than the bus. Oh yeah, more, for sure. More but... unique. But like in just uh, sheer presence, trying to tackle him, yeah, it's a big because I mean because he's not Adrian Peterson, he's not yeah. that. Uh, Edron James didn't have a long enough career. I don't really know. Maybe Tiki Barber was pretty, pretty unique. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to, but he's he's one of those guys that's just like he might break the, um, you know, Father Time's record of putting guys out of their misery early before thirty. He can be <laughs> one of those running backs that lasts longer than thirty. Right. Hopefully, knock on wood for their sake. Because so yeah. uh, Ryan Tannehill ain't gonna get it done. Well, I, I, I'm gonna slam Willis. Him we'll have it in week nine. Hey man, I can't wait. Uh, number two might shock some people. Jonathan Taylor. I have him too as well. Oh, there you go. Our first uh, actual tie there. I I see it. I understand it. However, I don't have him. I don't think I have him fourth in terms of pure runners in the NFL. Um. I have, like I said, Chubb is three, Henry's two, Taylor's four. I don't think he's as great of a back as people make him out to seem. He had a really good year. He could do it again, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's like number. I don't think he's the best running back in the NFL. Some nah. people think he is. I just need a, a larger body of work. This is the whole recent resurgence. Because uh, number one for me is Nick Chubb. He's been consistent, just like one of the best backs for that team. Even though, and they split it with the kicker. And he's still producing. Yeah. And I, I can't say enough things about Nick Chubb. He's pretty much the heart and soul of that offense with Baker Mayfield there. With all those receivers, he's still producing. So, his yards. Uh, Nick Chubb's a perfect segue for my number one, which is Dalvin Cook. Um, so, a couple of years ago, when Henry ran for 2000, uh, there were questions about who could do it. If you transplanted another running back onto that team mm-hmm. if you gave chubb all those carries he would have done it i think cook would have broke records if he uh if he got all the carries henry did on that team for sure um i think dalvin cook's the best pure running back in the entire nfl as just a runner he's just he, he's electric and he can catch the ball too and he can catch the ball he's fast he's not just a big hulking guy he's not just like henry so to speak where he's like kind of big guy he can catch it he can yeah he can do a lot of things that's exciting. Just for him, another thing for him is he's another guy. Question mark is health. Can he stay healthy? Can he be on the field? Because Alexander Madison, while they have similar builds, is not not even close to the same player he is. Also, any uh, issues off the field? Because he did have that 
that brief moment where like some allegations of like I believe assault on his girlfriend or wife would yeah, not. He seems a touch immature, but I think he uh Yeah. I think he's the best running back in the NFL. For sure. Not a bad not a bad list all around, honestly. I mean, we had some guys higher than most, like from our own list. I mean, but ain't bad. <laughs> Little peanut head. <laughs> but uh Oh, that would have been on a white shirt. Not good. We're here playing on the Zoom. Um, well, let's close this out, Rob, for uh, episode 68, season preview part dose of the PA Turnpod. Um, next week, what do we have on the list? So we have, uh, find it. we have week one. Well, opening night preview. Opening night preview. Bills and Rams. Um, should be fun. I guess we'll preview the Phillies game we'll be at for my birthday. Yes. Um, you excited? Uh, yeah. Some Marlins, though, which scares me. We'll Alex do our Tara. awards. Seasonal re- awards. Seasonal awards, maybe like passing leader, rushing leader, receiving leader, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Bowl. Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl MVP. And, and week one. And we'll touch on week one, too. This is going to be a very heavy football-esque podcast. Yeah. And anything else that happens, anything breaking news like uh, Jordan Clarkson to the Sixers. Um, yeah, speaking to existence, you know, Jordan Clarkson to the Sixers. Always speak it into existence, Rob. Who would you want on the Sixers? Uh, Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> that. Um, well, all right. I would actually rather have Bogdanovich than Clarkson, to be honest with you. I'm not if mad at that either. between those two, because Bogdanovich can dribble. He's not just Clarkson coming off the bench, ball dominant. I just need a bench. I like having Yeah, a give me somebody off the bench that can score. Yeah, so yeah, all right. Bogdanovich's not bad. If he can shoot the three, just kick it out. Boom. Ooh, a uh, little bit of breaking news as we get to the end of the podcast. Um, wow. Now, does this mean it's going to happen, or does this mean that they have decided? Okay, so the College Football Playoff Board of Managers has decided on a 12-team college football playoff. Whoa. During today's meeting, uh, Jeff Passon, of all people, retweeted this. And, <laughs> and Woj it. retweeted it, too. I don't think that goes into effect this season, probably next, but uh, okay, so 2024. Um, interesting. So it'll probably be all the conference winners and then some like mid major, or not mid major, but uh, like the crappy conference winners and then uh, some like wild cards. I don't hate it, but it's going to take away from the bowl season, which bowls already are meaningless anyway now that the playoff exists. I would have rather done an eight team playoff instead of a uh, going straight to 12, yeah. but I'm fine with it. I'm, and here's another breaking news. Sources, according to NBA Trade Report, Phoenix in quote hot pursuit for Jazz forward Bojan Bogdanovic. Interesting. Look that's, at that. That's a good fit. Great fit for the Monty Williams. Oh yeah, tremendous yeah. fit. Uh, what else before we wrap up? Because there's always something gonna break. Something always happens after we wrap. I don't know who Ben Steiner is, but apparently he says. They could have a team in Seattle tomorrow just from the NBA free agents. They have point guard Dennis Schroeder, Avery Bradley, Carmelo Anthony, Montrez Harrell, and Dwight Howard to round off the starting five. And then off the bench, Rajon Rondo, Blake Griffin, Dennis Smith Jr., DeMarcus Cousins, Tristan Thompson, and Lance Stevenson. That is your Seattle expansion team. I also have a uh, (laughs) a weird piece of news here. Uh, John Heyman is reporting that Anthony Rizzo is likely to opt out after this uh, season of 
his contract. He's got a $16 million option. Uh, he, he joins a free agent market that also includes Wilson Contreras, Josh Bell, Evan Diaz, Taiwan Walker, Brandon Nimmo, Kenley Jansen, Jose Abreu, Chris Bassett, and possibly one Aaron Judge. Do you go after Rizzo and put Reese out there? Uh, probably not. I don't know how you make it work. I think he winds up staying, honestly. But More money? Yeah. Yeah. Or a better contract. Honestly. All right. Um, well, this has been episode 68 of the PA Turn Pod. We'll see you next week for Rob's birthday. Beautiful. All right. Take care, everybody. Adios.